0: Ho, 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 and welcome to the 2018 po podcast Christmas special. Happy holidays to you all. The uh, PC Brigade don't like us saying happy holidays, but uh, by God we're going to show those SJWs what's what. I'm George Thompson, and with me as always I have Daniel and David.
1: Hello, I find my my hawk to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I mean, like, sort of. Um, full disclaimer: This is uh, December the second, but uh, unlike uh, Jules Holland, who provided us so much moment in uh, episode fifteen, we are at least recording in December, the month of December. We are here. So, uh, what we have for you is, uh, back by popular demand, our uh, uh, festival. That's, that's a lie. You know that's a lie. <laughs> our it depends we'll just, what you
1: uh, mean by popular. I suppose that's a that's a, that's a sort of you know that's up for political debate in many academic circles. <laughs> What do you mean by populist?
0: <laughs> Consider the feedback that we've had on our episode by uh, our, our friend Alex, who uh, yeah. posted this on our Facebook group. And he uh, said, I, I make it a point of supporting all my friends in their creative endeavours. But I want all three of you to know you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I, I, I thought that was a fair criticism. Yes, yes, it was. It was, um, it yes. was a, an uneven, sprawling beast uh it's fair to say although to be honest I what I honestly think I might have actually been asleep for parts of it um (laughs) like at least with one eye because that was recorded the night after I'd been to a very heavy I think I'd been to see um Robert Hood DJ in Mondo in Madrid so it was on till like six in the morning and then um I I think I came back I probably didn't get to bed till about 11 and I I do remember genuinely like not like just part of that just being sort of um, a fuzzy kind of um Hour-long, um, um, like wool in front of my eyes, um, with the occasional moment where I felt the need to speak. So it's probably you were not in the best condition than I was, to be fair. Well, yeah, that's true. You were you were the other end of it. You were a slow. You were on a slow decline. I'd already declined, but was leveled out into the brutality of the hangover. So it was.
2: Yeah. You know, um yeah and George um, spending the rest of the night after the podcast crying for Huey and Ralph at the
0: yeah. toilet <laughs> <laughs> I'll have
2: you but know well, well, the I, mean, telephone. I mean some
1: people call this time of year seasonal they might refer to it as the Christmas season I refer to it as the anniversary of the time that George got his walloper out when Sarah got him <laughs> after the podcast uh, look it was for 20 minutes alright hey 20 minutes is all it takes be <laughs> safe be safe
2: twice even hmm <laughs> mm.
0: Um, yeah, well, Sarah did watch me go into the spare room with a, a look of trepidation on her face that I don't often see. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not going to hit it as hard as I did last year, but I do have half a bottle of limoncello left over from uh, last Christmas. The most middle class drink it, other than creme it. de i <laughs> yeah.
2: Which, as Billy Connolly once said, is a drink in polo mints.
0: <laughs> it's true. So, um, what we have... is the month after September. So what we have waiting for you today is um, the usual uh, mix of uh, festive fun. We have a Q&A, we have uh, some uh, Christmas-related discussion, uh, we have the Christmas quiz, and we're even going to review a couple of wrestling matches as well. Uh, shock horror. Uh, so... Before we before we get into that, uh, so how are you guys spending Christmas this year?
2: Uh, the, the, the usual routine. Um, go see my mother, um, my mother's side of the family in the afternoon. Go see my father's side in the evening. Um, Not and, eat a Christmas and,
3: dinner
2: well. at any time. At any time, no. Um, and, and sausage rolls all round. And then I go see my in-laws on Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. Um, so they see us twice because we don't see us on Christmas Day. And... Swatch watch Maker really. That sounds good. That's That's good. Really good. What
1: about yourself, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm um well, I'm going back to the UK um from Spain for just a, a couple of weeks. Um, and I don't think it'll be anything particularly out of the ordinary. Um, I'm going to combine it with um a trip up to Scotland, where um as it, as is tradition as of last year. So not really a tradition; it's happened once. But um, it's like this but it's special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So there you go. We're starting a new things. Um hopefully me and David and maybe a few other of the uh, um, Scottish members of, um, of um, our collective might um, take in um, the traditional um, uh, Christmas or New Year's uh, party thistle match um, at Fir Hill. Um, who have who, who, you got this year,
2: David, again? Uh, uh, Greenick Morton. Um, I feel like it was Greenick Morton so, last time I came up, but was, was, it, Ray? It, was it Was It was Ross, Ross County played the last yeah. time. Because I remember you spent the entire uh, <laughs> game sitting there, and then at the end you asked me why everyone was calling Owen Coyle a cunt. <laughs> and then I says like, right, because Owen Coyle Ross is Ross County? He's like, does he? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He says, That's why they've been abusing him yeah. for the last 19 I'm just used to people uh, taking
1: the piss out of Owen Coyle, so I just thought it was like. <laughs> Just a thing
0: Scottish I mean, people did, want... regardless of like team. true he was genuinely being talked about as a possible future England manager?
1: No, but there was a time when
0: there was, <laughs> there was a time when Bolton were playing
1: some nice football. They had that Canadian lad in midfield and the South Korean lad. I can't remember either of their names, but um, <laughs> they
0: were they were both <laughs> decent. Left, left an indelible mark upon your psyche. They did,
1: yeah. And Owen, <laughs> the one thing that left an indelible mark was Owen Coyle standing like he, he was at one of those nights for um, well. Um, not to open, um, not to pull back the curtain too much for listeners that aren't aware of these things, but there are evenings dedicated to um, particularly men um, who like to wear football kits, not for their, um, uh, because they, um, uh, they're they playing sport per, uh, per se, uh, but because of the way they feel on their bodies. Um, and Owen Coyle um, used to stand uh, on the sidelines at every match where every manager's either got a tracksuit on or a suit. Owen Coyle would, would literally wear a pair of shorts and a pair of football socks pulled all the way up, but with trainers. And it was almost like he was like, "Oh, any second now, lads, I'm going to bring myself on." And it was like it was very, it was very discombobulating.
0: It's like because and I had this discussion because, like, famously, when I was a kid, I did the uh, the Highbury Stadium tour. Uh, being an Arsenal fan, wearing like full Arsenal kit, including socks and shin pads, and <laughs> Sir, Sir and I have long had the discussion: Is like, at what age does it stop being acceptable to be a full kit wanker? And we said it's about twelve or thereabouts. Oh, I think that's generous.
2: I think Ooh, ten. What
0: do you think? Then? I okay. think ten.
2: I am. I I once uh, put on a gig uh, where if you wore a football top, you got in for uh, dark cheap. And somebody came. My my friend Barbara came in full kit, including his boots, and he brought a football. So they had a kick about in um, and, and the venue um, <laughs> so yeah Phil wanker at this hardcore gig it was that's, great that's was amazing
0: um, yeah I, I myself am uh, heading uh, over to uh, Lincolnshire which is a uh, where I'm from, we are going out to the uh, bleak and derelict East Coast to uh, visit my uh, visit my grandma. And uh, also the day after I come back, we are going to see our local football team, uh, Grantham Town, who are not doing very well this season because they sold everyone in the squad apart from like four players. In the way that non-league teams tend to do, there's a bit of a churn in terms of playing personnel. Yeah,
2: it, it's like when you try and intentionally get sacked in football, manager.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just go on holiday, mate. Just, just like you know, I just um,
2: you've, applied for, you've applied for the Belarus job, and you don't even know it. You've, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've been in this job for three years. <laughs> it's a long old holiday, more of a sabbatical than anything. Um, so, and I'm heading down to uh, London for New Year's uh, with my uh, friend Robbie from university, who we spend try to spend every New Year uh, together, and generally it consists of playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and watching, like, Old Ashes highlights uh, on this DVD player. And you know what? It's fucking great. Yeah. it
2: yeah, sounds great. I, I think I'll yeah. probably
0: spend New Year's, I imag- if I'm not in
1: Newcastle, uh, Glasgow for it, rather, my parents live in Newcastle, so I'll probably spend it as is tradition um, with a bunch of um, crusty, Fenham hippies um, um, listening to drum and bass at Bar Loco until 3am in the morning, which is actually pretty good. Cause it's not like a proper club, it's just, like, round the corner from where everyone lives, so you get all the feeling of being out in a club on New Year's Eve but without quite as, quite as much of the lankerism, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah, Um I remember it's not it's it, it's not as bleak as... Um, my, I once had a new year where... When, remember Battlefield 2?
1: The game?
2: You know the Battlefield games? Yeah, yeah the game. I said about 2006-ish, 2005-2006. Uh, um, I had a new year where I played Battlefield 2 all night until me and my friends realised it was 10 to 12 and she probably wish her family a happy new year. So we all let uh, fucked off for twenty minutes, wished them all a happy new year, uh, did the toast and then just fucked off back upstairs to play Battlefield 2 again. <laughs> um a a point, I'm not gonna lie, it's a low point, but you know, I got out of the bullet I got out of the bullet club fandom before they got rife.
1: Well what happened, David, was that you detected yourself a bullet babe. Um and you <laughs> you, 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 you tied the knot. Uh. one of my favourite things. <laughs> bullet <happened>. bullet <laughs> babe detected. <Yeah. laughs> and now and now you no longer have uh VL's.
0: Um, yeah, so, yeah. fair play. All Last time I went out, um, like, actually out-out for New Year, I think it was maybe 19 or 20. I went out with a load of uh, school friends, and one of them ended the night with some glass in his head. So, uh, okay. not he had not been glassed. He had got so drunk, he had, like, done an over-aggressive toast, and then the glass he was holding had smashed, and some of it had ended up in his scalp. I have no idea how this happened. He works for fucking Morgan Stanley now or some shit. Of course he does. Of course he does.
2: Uh, I, I would like to just add further on to our chat about Owen Coyle earlier. I like Owen Coyle, but I prefer his, uh, his uh, nemesis, um, Owen, Current 93 <laughs> <laughs> I
1: prefer both of their nemesis. Um, Owen, 24-inch <laughs> penis, Smith. Um, <laughs>
0: he has cappuccino out of a mug, you know. He does, you know. He's not used to these little biscuits. We, read Authenticrat to everyone. It's fucking great. So, yeah, um, uh, so our first uh, section... Of this podcast is the uh, Q and A. So, um, unlike last year, we actually have uh, we actually have fans now. So we have uh, <laughs> well, solicited their uh, input. Well,
1: let's not go overboard. We've got some uh, okay. people that but were that were bored and lonely on Twitter when we happened to
2: post. We have
0: acquaintances.
2: Um, I have a couple of um, general admin questions to get through okay. um, before we get on. Just you know, kind of clear up oh, some yeah. stuff from earlier on, like from a year ago. So I would just like to ask: um, Has anyone scored any better goals this year? I haven't even played a game of football. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anybody seen any ghosts in the last twelve months? Uh, no. I've seen uh, the uh, ghosts of, I've seen the ghost of Blairism,
0: sort of uh, infesting large sections <laughs> of the Parliamentary Labour Party. Does that count? <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I'll add it to the left. I've seen plenty of spectres, uh, but no ghosts.
0: Very Duridan.
2: Um, I believe we we all. Uh, has anyone had any great revolutions about when where they would like to travel back in time? Remember. Um, you tra- Daniel, what did the my Republic? Republic,
0: yeah, <laughs> still wouldn't vote the Nazis to still get into power um...
2: Yeah, yeah I've, that, I've got one um...
0: actually um, I would like to travel back in time to the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics, because if you remember, I don't know if you remember <sighs> that, but like, everything in this country was fine, there was no racism or no. crime, everyone loved the EU and just everything was better so I would love to go back to, uh, uh, to that time, I think it would be I just fantastic, hashtag follow back pro Europe
2: I have a fantastic anecdote about the 2012 opening ceremony. I once, oh, uh, I was at my friend's birthday party and um, that day he was like, I can't remember what age he was, but I uh, would have been 22 or something like that. But um, he his birthday was on the day of the opening ceremony. So he was like, yes, I know you want to watch the opening ceremony, but come on, come around to my house. We'll stick it on, we'll have a birthday party and that. My friend is, um, he's uh, devoutly religious. Um, so he's he's not he's not one for the Shandys or anything no. like that. He is he's yeah, he's he's a very straight laced man. And it was him, all his friends from church and me and three people from school. Um but he'd also recently got a job with MI five as like an IT guy. Wow. So I spent the entire um the, the entire night asking him questions about being a spy. Uh, so for example, have you ever parachuted into East Berlin? Yeah. Uh, do you sleep with a gun under your yeah. pillow? Uh, do you have a cyanide capsule in your tooth? And this is great. The f- have
0: you, have uh, you ever zipped yourself into a suitcase and died?
2: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever met Jamal Khashoggi? Um, you know all that. Um, yes, one. <laughs> and, um, yeah, one. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. This, you no, know, this is funny once, maybe twice, maybe even three times. But you know that way where something's really funny and then it curves down, it's really not funny. And you just keep going until someone from his...
0: Or, or most of our in-jokes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Someone uh, someone from the, the church says, I think that's enough now. You, you've had your fun out of the joke and then immediately followed it up with another one and just kept <laughs> going and just was more determined to do even more spy questions. Like, have, have you ever shot a gun in anger? Uh, you know, stuff like that. And um it got funny again. Speaking of <laughs>
1: speaking of Shot Of Good in Anger and Danny Boyle, that ties in nicely actually, because I actually have remembered I would like to go back to one particular date in history, which is october the twentieth, nineteen fifty six. Um, where I would uh, murder Danny Boyle as a young child and then free us of having to ever watch any of his fucking mawkish, Blairite fucking wet dream films.
0: Um, Anyway. It's not not an anecdote about the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony, but I did go to the table tennis at the Excel Centre during the Olympics. (laughs) um, Was 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 it 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 very fast? It was. Was it very, very, very fast? I tell you what, these guys could really hit the ball. Yeah, I tell you. No missing it. With velocity. Yeah, I know, and spin.
2: Naked Wef and Wef.
0: And uh, there was lots of other um, events going on there, including like, some of the fighting uh, things, and there was uh, Greco-Roman wrestling on that day, and I saw some guy who had turned up to it wearing an ECW shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's an amazing bit, I love that.
2: I, 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 am one to, I went to the Commonwealth Games Wrestling. Um and I, I remember just like posting like a, a live stream of, you know, some guys get the thumbtacks out <laughs> somebody set a table on fire, all of that. Joe Hendry's there. Um Yeah, Joe Hendry, exactly yeah, he was there. Um I you know. Uh, local hero Joe Hendry, local arsehole Joe Hendry. Funnily enough, I am missing ICW tonight for this. So I think yourself lucky, uh, lovely listeners. It
0: is favorite and loathing and no one gives the slightest fuck.
2: No one gives the slightest Because I, I went to the Shugsus party, the one that didn't have Volta on it that I didn't know until I turned off. You you going to see Volta? Uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, I thought I was going to see Volta. I got Jeff Cobb instead, which is, you know, you know, to, you know it's good. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'd kind of set myself for a while. So I spent most of the show um, bitching to Jackson about the show. Um, and, and the DMs just going this this is shite, this is the worst show I've ever been to. Why is Grado getting beaten down by Jackie Poole for fifteen minutes? What is going on? Jackie um, is in the fucking yeah. main event. Yes. Um Oh sorry, no. sorry,
3: completely
1: unrelated to this. I will I'll close this tab soon, but I've just realized that Danny Boyle's next movie, if you look it up on Google, it just says next movie, untitled Danny Boyle Richard Curtis film.
0: Oh my god. I swear to fucking god. How I swear film to
4: God. Be?
2: Not maybe doing Bond. Uh, I think at some point, I
1: don't fucking I, That's another fucking piece of, you know, rehashed British imperialist nonsense I don't give a fuck about either. Bond, so. Yeah, so.
2: How, how fucking dare you? I love James Bond. I mean, I only love Pierce Brosnan. Um, but I mean, if you don't like Pierce Brosnan, then maybe you should have been living here! <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Pierce
1: Brosnan only because uh, he often, occasionally comes out with a really, really, really like, um, like unexpectedly hardline Republican statement. <laughs>
0: like uh, about he, politics. Was, he was good in final like, school Out of nowhere,
1: he. he'll just be like, "No, nah, actually, I think the uh, I think the, uh, the the mainland bombing campaign in the nineteen sixties was actually had a, was actually a, you know a really really good thing." And he's just like, "Whoa, oh, Pierce, like, calm down."
2: Double O thirty two. Excellent. Well, um I have one other oh, okay. admin question, uh just for so you. Go. Uh, do I have any of you have tons of horse ravioli from Lidl from Circa two thousand and twelve in your cupboards that you've not noticed? <laughs> no, that. but I do
1: have a um a millennium bug in my freezer.
2: <laughs> that that reminds me I once had a RoboCop cryogenic freezing action figure kit. We used to like cryogenically froze the Robocop in the freezer oh, and then no, I put them I in the freezer that. and the, yeah, I, I put them in the freezer and never found them again. So
1: was on a, I'm thinking. Sorry, I'm it's thinking there was the there was a Terminator happened? one where you could put like um, skin over it, um, and, yeah, then, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking of. Sorry. Did yeah. he just
0: get sort of like yeah. lost in the back of the freezer? Because like we've got a packet of peas in the freezer that like the ice has just enveloped it and it's just there like the fucking three eyed raven.
2: Hey, you can still use it though. Yeah, my, my dad had a, an ice cream like that. There's just a wee window you could see that <laughs> 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 that's the best before date, 1993. That's the beauty of
1: freezing things, though, is that time, t- t- time, time can't touch you.
0: <laughs> I know, apart
2: from littering your once chiffle looks... <laughs>
0: Uh, so, our uh, Q&A, so I'll just go through as many of these as I feel we can stomach, so... Um, yeah, thank you to everyone that sent these in, by the way, that we do appreciate it, we haven't had yeah. to, like, you know, make if, the if we didn't. Year. If we didn't use your question, it was because, basically, I uh, firstly time, or we felt it was a bit too involved for us to be able to do that, so yeah, yeah. anything I'm like to putting together if... a dream card, like, I'd love to do it, but, like, we've got a lot of shit to get through, so please don't take it personally. Um, we'll, personally do on, but... we'll do that on another
1: show, if someone's yeah, taking yeah, the time yeah, to... Sure. To message us about that, we will cover it in another show. Yeah, we yeah, thank absolutely. you very much. Or,
0: or we can do a thread which has like brackets one slash fifty two at the end of the first tweet.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> or you could just treat. You could just tune into my live streaming of Fire Pro for my <laughs> crazy Russian wrestling yeah. card. or just know? look at
0: George's like a uh, TW save or whatever or TW, yeah. <laughs> um, So quick uh, question number one: uh, At Sarah Park in one asks, what do you think about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? I mean. I'm glad we got that one.
2: Um, yeah, yeah um, I mean, it is good, but I mean, you know, you have to take into account people in wheelchairs. You need access
0: to Dixons? Access to Dixons.
2: Need access to Dixons? Mm-hmm. Um, so I
0: hope that was the response that uh, you were, you were after, my love. Um,
2: I thought you were going for a first question, which was, will you ever do an episode of Before Wrestling any, ag- again? And I just replied, no. <laughs>
0: to be fair, <laughs> she wrote that before, like, our first Hulkamania episode was uh, released. Um, and actually, we are going to be reviewing some wrestling on this podcast. And, and let's you know.
1: not get into the massive, endless debate that has taken place on PWO and, and other places about whether Meltzer was right when Pride first started, because he actually classed it as professional wrestling. He considered it to be the next evolutionary step of what professional wrestling was going to be. That's an argument for another day, perhaps. <laughs> but, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Another
0: day far in the future. Um, just Anyway, just to spite Sarah, we're going to do some questions on Pride now. Um, because it has formed a major plank of our output this calendar year. So we should do some questions yep. on it. So um, uh, at Mr. Richard Miller asks uh, Three modern day wrestlers you put in Pride FC. So let's each choose one. Wow.
1: Okay. Hey. I, I'm, I'm going um, um, to. I've, I've not actually um, thought about this ahead of time uh, because I thought it would be funnier to do like on the spot reactions. So if, oh, yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah. if you guys have thought about this ahead of time. You
2: can go. Uh, I have I, I have two. One of them is a bit roped, but um, I, I do have two. Um, Hideki Suzuki. Oh, very good. Of yeah, course. Yeah. And as well as, a, I don't know if you know him, Shotaro Ishino from Wrestle One. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, He's, he's a very cut-angly you know, yeah. suplexes, yeah. ankle lock, stuff like that. I think he'd be quite fun in pride. He's got uh, a, a legit amateur wrestling background, and, yeah, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: I would go with, because he's actually been announced for... He's meant to be a real shooter. He's actually been announced for Southside uh, this year. I'd just get Santino in there. Oh, like, yeah. The guy is legit. He's got the fucking battle arts gym with uh, Yuki Ishikawa, hasn't it? Which
1: is just... Which is, I know we've mentioned this before, but that is just one of my favourite things that exists in the world of modern pro wrestling, is the fact that Santino Morella, um, arguably, I'd say, the most successful comedy um, wrestler in, in the WWE of the, of, of, of the yeah. last generation... Um, who um, is a legitimate? Um, 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 I, I don't know to what extent his um, his ba- his background. I, mean, I don't know what level he he he's got to, but I know that he is certainly legitimately um, a half decent shooter. I think, um, like um, you know, and yeah, he runs that gym up in Canada, doesn't he? With um,
2: yeah, with Yukiya know, Shigawa. Yeah, incredible. Awesome. Yeah, um, I would say how how much do you think we'd have to pay Mark Coleman for him to take a uh, to take a dive off the Cobra? Oh... <laughs>
1: Mark Coleman disgraces America in a gym in Falkirk. <laughs> um.
0: I would also say that Santino, um, I don't know whether it would be better if he wrestled as Santino under his uh, old Boris Alexiev gimmick where he was like yeah, yes. this Russian-like yeah, yeah. fighting machine. Yeah, like, for sure.
2: Um, uh, do, do we still? Are we still counting? Uh, I, I still count him as an active competitor. He's an active competitor in my heart, but um, Vladimir Kozlov, get him in pride. Big cobbles.
0: He's looking for IGF, yeah.
2: yeah. Like, reach. of the wire. <laughs> he's opinion.
0: in the wire, he is. <laughs> oh,
1: brilliant. Um, well, I, I've got one that I'm going to throw in straight away because I think if we don't. I mean, I know we can all have a laugh with all these other things that we say, but just to sort of get serious for a moment. Um, if I could be serious for a moment. Um, there was one person that has to go in there and it's a complete shoe in because surely it would be a crime if the greatest pure striker in the history of the WWE was not to get a run out in the cage he teased it once with a frankly bizarre um, uh, weird uh, post-match thing in the UFC with uh, Brock Lesnar that time you remember? The Undertaker
0: ladies and gentlemen the greatest killstreak in the history
2: of the WWE. I thought you were going to say Shane McMahon. No, 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 no. I thought he was going to say Shane McMahon as well. Shane
1: McMahon will be opening up um, a, um, a, um, a, an obscure regional um, kind of um, uh, card um, on the circuit because he's putting in his dues, you know, training for Phil Nurse. Um, he,
2: he, yeah, yeah. yeah, sort of. yeah um, uh, Shane McMahon's in the upcoming X Arm card.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually is. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd go with Undertaker first, definitely. That,
2: that's my one, anyway. It's still in better next than fucking chocolate last week. <laughs> oh, right.
1: you guys see that? No, I, I oh, didn't want to, like, be sad. Oh. It is so monumentally sad and <laughs> dispiriting on just about every... It's just like, watching it, it really felt like you'd just put a pin in a, in a whoopee cushion. You were just hearing, like, the slow... Yeah, just, you know... Horrible. Horrible. Uh, why did we watch this, barbaric Eric, Phil, fan
0: human copywriting. <laughs> OK, thank you very much. So um, along that, um, at Puritanical, in, incidentally, um, uh, firstly, this I think this guy used to go by the name of Bob Crunkhouse on uh, on Twitter, which is very, very good. And also, he's the only person who has recognised me in real life because he recognised my voice from the podcast. Wow. Amazing. He was sitting next to me and Sarah with a... With a he's like, you George from the Puripuri podcast. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. <laughs> okay, well and he just
1: punches you in the face and just goes <laughs> hey you that Brett Masao match is really good it's like that moment when Mark Mark Como got uh, beaten up by a random stranger because he gave Blue Velvet a bad review
0: <laughs> was this guy shouting what's the frequency Kenneth at him <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah Apurotanical asks us um, each give me your dream pride freak show fight participants must have prior fighting experience in absolutely any discipline slash situation so I don't know if he's saying if he's limiting it to wrestlers or like whether it could be anyone.
1: Okay, right.
2: It's, 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 it's very tough because like I mean I've I've made you um, see I I don't know whether this would work in a, a shoot a, a shoot sense because they are like my dream wrestling matches but you know we're going for free throw fights it works as well. So I've got two dream wrestling matches. Of course, we've mentioned... Actually, this could work, because one of them was in Pride. We did review one of his matches. Uh, Still, Big Daddy V versus Emmanuel Yarra. (laughs) Yes! Absolute Human Conquerors. Units all over the shop. Um, Either that or... In fact, one of these was also in Pride as well. I would have Giant Silva versus El Guihante. Oh, yeah. I've watched that Argentina versus Brazil. It's like the Copa Libertadores, but with less um, (laughs) fan bias. Yeah, but it doesn't
1: have to relocate to Madrid.
2: (laughs) Post it in a pub car park, in Madrid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, speaking of pub car parks, my um, number one, <laughs> my number one uh, uh, dream freak uh, fight would be. Um, and given he said both men have to have experience, um, you can look this up. This is both true. I would have um, um, on the downward trajectory, um, weirdo aggro Twitter centrist, Ricky Gervais, um, who <laughs> is is I think one in zero, or maybe zero in one. Um, from his um, charity ITV boxing match with um, former husband of
3: Anthea Turner?
1: Grant
2: Bowie? They've all been former husbands. Is that a thing? Is that who he was? Who was? I, I would say Bovey was robbed in the scorecards. Well, you know,
1: this this is just Canelo, Canelo, Canelo versus GGG all over again. Um, <laughs> GGG won that both times. Anyway, um, I, uh, yeah, so I'd have Gervais in there. Um, because really, you know, he, he is a very annoying individual these days. Um, his, his comedy has degenerated to the point where it is just kind of um, making um, sort of really mundane observations about things and generally offending a trans person. So um, I figured we'll get him in there because he's a little shit house. um Although um, well, he's quite buff now. I remember he posted that embarrassing poster of himself um, on, on, on Twitter. He is quite buff. So just to make sure that I'm putting him in there against someone that I can be sure is going to come away with the victory... Um, I'm going to put him in there with a man that has uh, both um, a re- a pro wrestling experience or choreographed fighting experience and perhaps not in any uh, big leagues, not even on the level that you did on the, in, in terms of amateur boxing, but certainly has uh, a fighting um, expertise in, shall we say, less salubrious environments, um, men. I want Ricky Gervais to fight Meng, not Meng in his prime, Meng now.
2: I mean, he's a car salesman. He's basically a Swiss Tony. It's you know terrifying. what I mean? Like, uh, I think that would be great. I've, I think we'd see a every, genuine death in the ring. All I'm saying is everyone takes a warranty at Meng's car dealership. There's <laughs> <laughs> no one that's turning down that warrant. No,
1: no, It's like, well, you know, the, the, the warranty is not exactly to my liking, but, oh, no, I do like my thumbs. So, um, thanks, Meng. Uh, yeah, Meng versus Gervais, get it booked. Come on, we all want
0: to see it. Okay, mine is going to be. Neither of these guys are actually pro wrestlers, but you guys know I'm into my uh, into my politics. So, and there's been this big uh, sort of battle for the soul of the Labour Party raging for like the last three years. So, what I know right anything have... about this, we <laughs> No, we're, we're, we're all out of the loop office.
2: this. Oh, is there some Tory shit you're talking about?
3: <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah. When George says he's really into politics, uh, he's uh, he's actually opening um, the uh, the village fate where he lives as the um, uh, Tory councillor next week. <laughs>
0: Uh, so what I would have is, um, I guess, when he says prior fighting experience, I'm guessing uh, active service in the British imperialist pig dog armed forces uh, yeah, would counts. count. So uh, darling of uh, of uh, the Labour centrist and uh, progress punk rock pro politics <gasps> uh, type is uh, Dan Jarvis. Dan
4: Jarvis! And
0: oh. Jarvis, he's from up here as well. He's, he's the MP for Barnsley uh, or Sheffield or some fucking place that isn't Leeds and therefore not as good. And uh, I would have him against uh, one of the old, uh, one of the old Labour left. He's not like uh, he's not in Parliament now, but we do know that he has <laughs> okay. legit fighting experience. And that man is John Prescott. Oh, two jacks. <laughs> Soccer kicks are allowed as well.
2: Greatest pure striker in the history of politics, John Prescott. Absolutely, absolutely. Trained by Phil Nurse.
1: John the best Prescott. part about the Prescott punch is is, is that the bloke that actually um, chucks the egg at him to kick it all off has got a mullet that a WCW Worldwide jobber um, would be immensely proud of, and genuinely looks like he could have like been gimmicked into a team where they're sort of um, something like the Godwins, you know, where their uh, their gimmick is just a slot bucket and some dungarees. Uh,
2: are are you, you saying that Jimmy Graffiti for an egg out, um, with John Prescott? <laughs>
1: look look, all I'm saying is go back and look at the footage. You
0: you'll be your own judge. <laughs> That was like the thing is about um, you know what I always say about uh, Eric Cantona was such a classy footballer that like when he kung fu kicked that like national front cunt in the uh, in the crowd the kick looked amazing in the same way like John Prescott I think he'd done a bit of boxing when he was younger
4: oh I reckon and Prescott, like
0: that'd be he a absolutely boxing. nails it it's so good yeah. like he's if a, you don't know a, what he's... I'm talking about just type in John Prescott Farmer Egg and just watch, God, watch the, first, the, sparks the fly
1: the first jab the first jab is sharp. He, he pops it off and he snaps it. Like, he, to be honest, that's probably a
2: better jab than I've got now. Like, I mean, I made it a t- I-, I gave it a ten-seven round. Myself, oh, so. <laughs> yeah, we actually
1: we actually had to change the score the scoring system because uh, it was such a rout.
0: Um, so okay, I hope uh, hope that answered uh, answered that question very nicely. Um, Adds Lonely Luchador, another f- another friend of the podcast, asks what what deathmatch weapon would you least like to be hit with?
4: <laughs> that's a really good
0: question.
2: I have absolute conviction in my answer. I know exactly what the fuck I'm right. answering here. It's absolutely the weed whacker. Oh, Get that shit whacker. To Oh God. That can fuck all. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going with like I think you see it in like the real grim big Japan shit, like that sort of wooden board that's got all razor blades, like just fucking oh, taped to oh. it.
2: Yeah, they have the um, they have taped to it. They have like the the rivet plates from like ships. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> fuck off with that. Yeah. It's called a rivet board or something, isn't it? That's the name of the actual thing. Oh, a, a gossip plate? Sorry, that's it. Gossip plate, Sorry, that a, it. A gossip gossip plate. plate. yeah. Oh, which even that just makes gossip it
0: sound... sounds like someone, something like a uh, weak constitution Victorian lady would wear.
1: Oh, well, yeah, either that or it sounds like something, in a more practical sense, it sounds like something that you would, like, you know, finely grate chicken on. Like, it sounds like something you'd use in, like, a, a meat factory to, you know, to dismember something. It's absolutely gross, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah that that is on a genuine level one of the most horrifying things I've actually seen in in, in wrestling to be honest um i have got a pick um I can't remember who the first person that I saw doing this was, but I know that um oh what's it a uh, junk uh, um is often photographed with um these in his mouth um, oh, from, um yeah. i am um, I'm really. Um, I've got a real. I don't. I don't like. Um, well, I don't think anyone does really. But I, I really don't like uh, injections or needles. Like uh, when I'm in the hospital or anything. looking um,
0: well, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: They're just. They're just. They're just. They're not, I don't think anyone does. But you know, on the one hand, um, that's that's bad because it makes it difficult for me to watch um, sleazy Japanese matches of a certain ilk. On the other hand, it's good because it means that I'm um, injecting heroin is one of the few drug addictions I've never quite managed to get um but um like um yeah just needles of any kind and they're quite rare in in the sense that often they're brought out um, and they kind of they're there more for the the kind of the, 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 the make, making the audience imagine in their mind how terrible it would be if they were used you know like they're not often always you know actually stuck into people uh, but the first time i actually remember hearing about this was the legendary um, extreme central uk shop which uh, old school listeners all remember as being the place that i used to go for my um, my wrestling tapes. Uh, that really where worked. Terry
0: Riley used to hang
1: out. That was where Terry Riley used to hang out. And it was also where um, uh, Mike Huff, the guy that ran it, um, who we genuinely believed had no legs for a short period. Go back and listen to the old, old episode. It's important, this. Um, it's important war. Um, you know, we're going to have to retcon this at some point. You're gonna know the only people will be able to help us pick it up. It'll be like that Shikara shit that happened a few years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually was in there once. And um, we realised that it got to the stage where, you know, real, total marks, <laughs> not the smart marks like us, yes. Would come in and be like, uh have you got any of that ETW? And then Mike could be like, Even better than that. And he'd pull out like yeah. something terrible like XPW or some absolute shit promotion, you know, or some like really bad just Japanese like shock promotion. He'd pull it out and he'd be like, Yeah, that's uh, that's twenty quid for two tapes. And me and me and my mate would often turn around and go. Actually, no, that's not really a very good show. What you should really do is get a ECW Heatwave ninety eight. That's much better. And then he'd, he'd turn around to us, Mike, and, and he'd wave his fingers while the other person wasn't looking, and he and he the money sign
2: like that with his fingers,
1: <laughs> as if to say, "I am rinsing these marks." Shush,
2: like um, the, the the money sign means taxes yeah. <laughs> taxes. yeah,
0: he's like, we
1: were behind the curtain because we'd um, we, we'd said something complimentary about his best of Steamboat flare tape that he sold us once, and I think he thought. Oh, these kids have got some potential. Uh, but, um yeah, he was just rinsing everyone else. But that's the first time that I saw anything that extreme because um he literally said to us one day, we said, all right, Mike, how's it going? He said, yeah, not bad, not bad. We said, have you got any new videos in? He said, yeah, got some Japanese stuff. We said, well, what is it, Mike? And he said, well, it's death Rest. And we thought, brilliant, really? get it on. He said, "Yeah, I'm not sure, really. He said, I don't want to put it on in the shop. And we said, oh, why? And he said, well, it involves, and this, I'm not, I mean, this is terrible, actually, this. He said, it involves um, um a injection match and a match where someone fights a crocodile.
2: Yes, uh, Which is what's Mr. Dent, what's the guy that fights the crocodile, Mr.? Uh. Masido Matsunaga. Oh, is it Matsunaga? It, yeah, okay. It's Matsunaga. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't um, remember. That's my least desirable. Like, it, like it, uh, looking back on it, like those crocodile and piranha matches, like. Sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't ra- crocodile, it was
1: piranha. It was the piranha in
2: the in time yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. A, that's
1: somehow
2: yeah, worse. Yeah, it was a Mr. Pogo.
1: Mr. Pogo, uh, yeah. it was Mr. Pogo. Yeah, it was someone that, that did a load of stuff in FMW that I've seen do lots of other things.
2: Yeah, I remember thinking, like, what's he the doing there? <laughs> yeah, um, like they're they're so great when you're 18, you're just like, oh my god, he's throwing them into a tank of piranhas, oh. and then when you're like 28 and you're like you you're surrounded by lots of you no know, keen animal welfare um, <laughs> you know activists, you're kind of like, this is not right. This this is quite wrong. It's, it, it's <laughs> bad for the human. It's bad for the animal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean do it those piranhas do not sell. That's all I'm saying. Bad work. Nah, so Never terrible, broken into terrible, this business. Terrible. Yeah. You'll <laughs> never wrestle in Shunjuku again. <laughs> okay,
0: so um, uh, at Kalam Calamari asked us if you had to bring back a Japanese wrestling promotion. This is a company that's either inactive or runs shows like very occasionally, but less mm. frequently than they used to. Uh, which would it be, and why?
1: Oh wow! Okay. That's, um...
0: that's 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 what I'm saying. I've got I've I've thought of one because I've seen these ahead of time. So I can go first and give you guys a bit of time to no, think. No, I
1: mean, I've, I've got two that come to me, me my mind Oh, okay, go like, on, go on then. Well, no, well, why don't you start, and then if, if you choose either of the ones that I do, then I can change it. All right,
0: so mine would be... There's a little bit of a couple. I know they run shows very, very occasionally, but I would go for LLPW because... Um, I think, I think people who say that modern Joshi lacks variety probably just don't watch enough of it because there is like, a lot of variety both yeah. in the terms of the types of workers and also what the companies offer. You know yeah. Sendai is very different to stardom and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know and that's, that's uh, often a very good thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think there's space for a kind of not like pure shoot style because that's not really what LLPW was, but certainly a shootier type of wrestling, and you certainly have a lot of women in today's scene who would be able to do that. So I say you bring in Shinobu Kandori to be like the figurehead and she can wrestle in like nostalgia tag matches in between her work as a senator. Look it up, that is true. And, um, and there'd be the people you could bring in, like I would, you could get, bring in Konami and like make her the ace. Yeah. You could uh, rescue Asuka from uh, from her terrible booking on uh, on uh, Smackdown Live. And there's an awful lot of like, there's this weird, like weirdly big spate of rookies in Joshi at the moment that uh, as uh, Charles Michael Dosa said uh, know their judo <laughs> a
1: succulent chinese meal a succulent chinese amber
0: you've got Hanan and Itamiya Hashishita oh, in it. uh, in uh, in stardom and she's not a rookie but uh, and she's sort of uh, she's gone freelance on Tokyo Joshi uh, but uh, you who also does like judo sort of stuff so there's quite a lot of people oh. you soldier boy tell them um so, like, <laughs>
1: On, on the subject of um, of LLPW, though, you were saying about how um, you'd, you'd want to bring back something that, you know, was not a pure shoot-style promotion, but was more inclined that way for Joshie. Um I think that that happened, and it was Arsian, wasn't it? Arsian.
0: Arshin. Yeah, actually, that's it. Which was actually... Thing. Am I right in thinking that was Adjik Kong's promotion? That was yes, Adjik Kong and, I think, Rossi Agawa, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they had um, a very... It developed that way... Um, I'm gonna forget her name again, but I always forget her name. Who's the excellent worker with the black and red leather spider um gear that was there kind of ace? Um she's an excellent worker, but I've forgotten her name. I've, I've only seen about ten matches of her. Yeah, I'm really I'm not, not that good.
0: familiar with the promotion, but
1: Oh, it'll it'll come back to me after put Someone will be shouting there right 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 now immediately. But um she's um,
2: So me watching challenge, just shouting her tubs. Yeah, yeah, but um,
1: but Arsh- was like that, you know, and I actually think that um From the stuff I've seen, I've not seen loads, but I've seen, I'd probably say I've seen 30, 40 matches overall from that promotion, maybe, Um, and um, they're always really entertaining, Um, very, very mercilessly short as well, Um, and because of the nature of the shoot style, they're able to do that, Um, but um, yeah, I've always found that to be a really entertaining promotion, whenever I go back and watch it, I'd like to watch more of it, to be honest. It's
2: Mariko Uh, Yoshida. Mariko
1: Yoshida, that's right. The reason I forget this is because there used to be a fantastic um, compilation of her best matches on YouTube that was from a DVD that someone had uploaded. So I used to always forget the name, and then just type into my search bar and my favourites Marie, and it would come up Mariko Yoshida. But yeah, she's um, she's great, and someone I'd like to um, to explore a lot more. But if anyone's um, listening to this hasn't checked her stuff out, her stuff in RC, and if you like um, shootier Joshi, very
0: very good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that'd be mine. LPW. What about you guys?
2: I I had a bit of trouble with this because I was like, there's so many I know what to bring back, you know, like. We've had the FMW reunion and all that and I think about like Wing and stuff like that. But even like Rings, because I don't think Rings is going anymore. Um, nah, not really.
0: I think there's only like as an MMA promotion in fucking Belarus
2: or something.
1: There's like, there's, there's like MMA legacy shows they do and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah, so I maybe thought about something like that or UWFI. Um but I mean I mean and then I was thinking, you know it'd be quite good to come back. I know what I know they're already as a exactly like it. Bring back fucking Toryumon and just, make a new, basically I can't be asking getting into Dragon Gate, it's like 14 years it's been going, I'm not fucking investing into that, I can't watch one series of Game of Thrones without chucking in the fucking towel. <laughs> never mind 15 years of Dragon Gate, so bring back Tori just have lots of cookie guys in Mask, uh, get Super Delphin in with his seafood lads, mm. um, yeah, just I just want like a sort of Witcher Libre uh, promotion. Uh, you know, just a wacky Libre promotion with like, you know, ten man tags are all over the place and just cookie characters. Yeah, but one that you um, can get
1: in from the ground on when it restarts. Not like Dragon's Gate where you've got to get into the who's in which faction, how does that relate to the psychology and the booking and the characters, and that that can be a dense thing to to get into sometimes. Dragon's Gate.
2: I, I I do have two left field, but um. Uh, two left, uh, well, actually. Uh, three left field uh, choices. I don't know if t- two of them are still. Is right one of them, them the Japanese Red Army. Army. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, you know that'll solve the declining birth rate. Um <laughs> No, so I have. Do you remember um, Union Pro uh, the DDT option? Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know if I ever DDT saw. Season. I don't
1: know if I actually saw any shows or anything.
2: You've know, seen a couple of matches. A lot of the vaunted comedy stuff. A lot of this actually. Oh, is it from like old, a while so ago?
1: It, it didn't shut recently.
2: Yeah, so. Oh, okay, yeah, I probably have, have then. Yeah. yeah. It was shut down it. maybe two oh, or three yeah, years ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. I might have seen something and not known it was that then.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, either that or. Uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Pro-Wrestling uh, Wallaby. Have you ever heard of this? What <laughs> the fuck's that one? Uh, Pro-Wrestling Wallaby. Yeah, Wallaby is Is it the Antipodean animal? Yes, yeah, so we spelled B E E instead. Basically, so, you know, um. Oh, what the fuck's your name? I'm totally blanking. Uh, move. Oh, You know, uh, Emmy Sakran, they have the, the matches in, like, the. in the laundrette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, Pro Wrestling Wallaby, and there's stuff of like this on, on YouTube, um, where it's a guy who, who really liked Onita, and decided that he was going to be Onita. Uh, so he, he became a fake Onita, and he had a wrestling promotion. Um, in his house so it's just yeah, in this living amazing. room there's like 10 guys drinking in the audience and then there's like him in his house just having fights and every match ends with him winning and then him going on a 15 minute monologue um, i.e. like actual Anita and he'll be like he'll just go through like you know it, I, love it, you. <laughs> it, I love you yeah. <laughs> oi, oi, it, oi, so- oi, it sounds oi. like
1: he's, he's reaching funny. for Anita but what he's actually achieved is survival to beat him
2: well, this it. That, 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 yes, Saitama for Ressler needs to come back. Um, yes, I, 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 he wanted Anita, he got to Anita. Um I
1: might be yes, the only person it, in the world that would be like happier.
2: If... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, survival to beat is one of the to... few
1: wrestlers I like more than at Sushi Anita. <laughs> like...
2: Yeah, no, I know, I'm the same. You, you know, but I've told you about my dream match, haven't I? Where I want to have a dream match where um, Survival to be, uh, gets arrested rights to the Toho Kaidu <laughs> license. And he has a gauntlet full of cardboard toho uh, oh. uh, monsters like Godzilla and, oh, and stuff so like good. that. Like
1: a, and then like the, um, a massive big part of the, uh, a, an angle could be one day when um, um, some nefarious um, manager or ballet manages to get for Christmas give uh, to be to um, a three D printer, and then it's just like he, he moves on from like uh, cardboard like um, me- mecha animals to um, genuinely terrifying, uh, you know, three three D real world monsters uh,
2: Yeah, uh, basically I want survival to be able to fight an anima- animatronic violante, that's all I want from wrestling in 2019 right.
1: and, 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 and what do you get what do you get you get, you get, you get lucha house party versus fucking <laughs> <laughs> for the
4: hundredth time
2: what's the, fre- um, what's the frequency Kenneth Omega <laughs> I don't know if he's fucking blocked this. Right.
0: Daniel what's your frequency? no that's true
1: uh, yeah, so um, I've got two, two very, very, very different promotions, but I'd like to bring them back at the same time because I, I love what they both represent. Um, I think I'm right in saying that Osaka Pro is very dead, aren't I? They run very occasionally.
2: Yeah, they, they basically they wrestle in harbours. That's literally it. They just go and... They, is it a sakura Pro or what's the other one? Oh, what's his name? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. It's Okinawa, oh, pro, which is a wrestling promotion dedicated entirely to bo- um, to um, boosting Okinawa's fledgling seafood industry. Yeah. I and mean, yeah. all the wrestlers are seafood Gurken Mask, that's right. Mask, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they a Pro and stuff like that. So I just want, like, a sushi plate. But so That's what I want.
1: Yeah, but I'd I, I bring Osaka Pro back because, um, to be honest, this is about probably seven or eight years ago now, I'd say. Um, I'd had a bit of a break from a lot of different types of wrestling. I was only really watching old stuff, and I had been for about three or four years. So I didn't really actually know what... I mean, I'd watched WrestleMania now and again, but outside of that, I didn't really know what was going on in Japan. Um, I didn't really know what was going on in Mexico or anywhere else at all. Um, I had such a long break of only watching older stuff, and I wasn't really sure if I'd ever start watching um, contemporary wrestling ever again. Um, And then I slowly started to and I kind of thought what was going on in Japan and a lot of the buzz that I was seeing on a lot of kind of of, nerdier parts of the internet, um, not even for match quality, but just for something interesting and unusual was um, um, Osaka Pro. Um, And I actually still think that of all the kind of um, pro um, uh, promotions I've seen that that, that make comedy primary and that make comedy the main driver of a lot of the matches and a lot of the kind of um, um, investments that you get in the characters, I actually thought that they did it really, really, really well, but um, um, I never really got. I mean, it's probably because I didn't watch full shows. I would watch like several matches from different um, shows, maybe and um, back to back when I was getting into them. Um, but they would just always have um, the comedy always seemed to be timed perfectly well. The physical comedy, um, and you know they had guys like Kikataro in it as well. Who was the guy that did that gimmick where he had the fans and he would um. Like he was almost looked a bit like a kind of geisha, but he was a bloke and he was an older, middle aged guy. And, he, and he'd walk the, the, all the way around the ring um, on the ropes on the top rope.
2: Uh, no, anyone, I does anyone remember not this guy? Chicago, is it? No.
1: Um, I can't remember who it was, but he, he was a wonderful physical performer. That actually, occasionally, uh, people think I'm to the pudding here a bit, but sometimes, occasionally, his reactions to the stuff and his physical comedy reminded me of like um, a particularly live like Buster Keaton. Like it was that level of like you know response to like what's happening in the ring, and then this really amusing um um, uh, way that he would use like his facial expressions and then his physical reactions to stuff to kind of advance um the moment. He always got the most out of all the comedy bits. I I just thought it was a really fun promotion to watch. At the complete opposite end of of that scale of thing uh, of sort of um you know um, niceties um would be another promotion I want to bring back because I want to see um really 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 aggressive um um, kind of um, um hard hitting. Um, like um, probably should be doing uh, MMA fights but not quite good enough um, so they uh, just um, knock about doing that together uh, promotion which was Battle Arts um, which yeah. is one of my favourite promotions of all time um, and I actually think that now, I remember like watching Battle Arts stuff back in the day and Battle Arts existed alongside something like um, uh, Rings but whereas Rings was a shoot promotion, I would say definitely a shoot promotion as was UWF, UWF, PWFG all these things, I think that Battle Arts is better described as, and I've heard it described as a fusion promotion, um, yeah. which I think is perfectly correct because it got the balance right between. It's actually what I think something like, um, you know, when you look at something like Ring of Honor in the in the mid two thousands, I actually think that a lot of those matches were were reaching for something that Battle Arts has kind of perfected, but they 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 they, they, they were a bit more excessive usually uh, because they had some of those more American impulses.
2: Um, I definitely see a lot of influences in like mid two thousands US oh, Indies yeah, on the, of like battle arts. And I mean, even like visit Munanori Sama, He mm. came back this year mm. and like um, and evolve. And they he had the had first a of show, wasn't he? Yeah, oh. but he wrestled there this year. I think it was
0: Zack Sabre Junior. Yeah,
2: Jr. He, yeah, wrestled. yeah he, he wrestled this year and he made a big yeah. thing about how he would influenced everyone there and like he was wrestling Zack Sabre Junior and mm. stuff like that. Mm. And like yeah, you can clearly see that from that. You know, there was a lot of influences there because the thing I always like about battle arts is it never really sold itself as a shoot promotion. It was a wrestling promotion yeah. that was a shoot style. But it never went, yeah. we were real wrestling. Because, no. I mean, they, they had, like, wacky... I remember watching one where they had, a uh, barbed wire kick pads. <laughs> where, like, they would wrap barbed wire on the kick pads and then kick each other with them. And it's like, it looks brutal. And, like, yeah, like, when, you, when you're that sort of... um when, you, when you're sort of, not young, but you know what I mean, like you're sort of mm. early 20s, impressionable age, and you're finding all these wet mad shit, Battle Arts is the perfect thing, where when you find Battle Arts, you're like, right, I'm in, I'm done. It, Maybe it, it, this is me. It
1: also reminds me of something that I heard, which I'm I'm sceptical to the extent at which this would have actually been carried through. I think it would have still been done in a very, very carny, ultra um, uh, american way, which, which might have worked, actually, but a lot of people talk about um, how um, Paul Heyman's idea for the next iteration of ECW if he managed to keep it going, would have been um, to kind of go with the times a little bit and try and do what he did with Taz, with a lot of other workers, where um, he would try and um, emphasize that they were kind of, even if they had no real like, shooting ability like Taz, he'd emphasize that these people were like, you know, um, shoot, shoot wrestlers and that each of would eventually move away from some of the more hardcore stuff to actually embrace like kind of shock tactics in another way, which was going to be like, you know, very brutal strikes.
3: Um, Paul over come back,
2: your time is now.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, you
2: know the, um, the polar bear. Um, actually, yeah. um, concurrent with the, your Battle Arts chat, I would say maybe not necessarily Battle Arts, but I, I, you'll probably remember this, um, Daniel. Do you remember Battle Arts uh, sequel, Futen? Futen, yeah, yeah, of course. Futen. Yes, with got that,
1: that, that, Futen's got some of my favourite um, um, Ishikawa um, um, matches on it.
2: You get some fantastic, like there's like there's that amazing five minute match where it looks like a gritty Channel for dispatch. Oh yeah, it's filmed oh, really, really. really interestingly. It's like really. Yeah, they did, to they did so else. much really well with like camera work and stuff like that. It was such a fantastic presentation. So absolutely, I know we've rattled on for about twenty minutes, but Footen would be the one I would bring back.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was also going to mention um, someone that I think sums up the Battle Arts um, kind of ethos to me and like the when i think of like um great battle arts guys you know a lot of people do think of um of um of of, of ishikawa and of course um that's gay ikeda ikeda and ishikawa is the guys you think of when you think of battle arts really because uh, they're like the seminal kind of like go-to like you know uh, matches things that are on lists of you know greatest matches of all time matches to see before you die but i want to give a shout out to alexander otsuka yes
3: um,
1: because we've been talking about pride we've talked about um, um all sorts of things before that connect him uh but alexander otsuka is the, is the the very best in my opinion at that style because he is a complete fusion wrestler he has influences from honestly i think every different style of wrestling i can possibly imagine lucha um american um both independent and um a uh, big time and um, you know a uh, big show style yeah um, like um he's got uh, a strong style he's got a little bit even of like maybe not king's road but he can certainly escalate matches on um, a very effective level um he's got a little bit of everything oh,
2: He is someone who can fit in and oh, pretty much most these promotions yeah yeah he will fit in you can put him in sort of a top tier you know of that company and he'll he'll do well
1: he's actually a guy that i think is someone that's almost guilty of being diverse to a fault um to the point that i actually think because he can plug in anywhere he becomes seen as just this like well he's the utility guy he's the guy that you get in for not the main event necessarily but just a bit below you know he's always going to have that. That strong that that strong hand, and it's almost like uh, you know because of that he is just it's almost easy to forget how good he is. Uh, but if you've never seen Alexander Otsuka before, please everyone just start checking out his matches. Um, look him up on PWO, um, get to know like what his best matches are. Um, we won't go into it now, but we'll maybe do an episode where we'll be talking about. Him, so.
0: Okay, fantastic. Um, so uh, at I'm Doctor Paul asks favorite matches, promos, or segments featuring either William Regal or Tajiri, or just speak about them for a bit. That would be good too. Um, I'd say. I'll do a favourite Regal moment and a favourite Tajiri moment, um, and it's from when they were sort of uh, allied together. So this would be in 2001. Um, William Regal, I think, well, I think William Regal is one of the greatest of all time in my opinion. Just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, an amazing absolutely. technical wrestler who he can do a promo, he can like do a variety of different characters, but he's also not afraid to make himself look like an absolute wally because he really considers his main influences not to be wrestlers but all comedians like Les Dawson. And, and uh, yeah. yeah,
1: I think I think it's worth saying that, like, at this point, that, you know, because is you know, full of a lot of bullshit and a lot of, you know, people saying a lot of things and a lot of, um, you know, nonsense talk. But if you are someone who's maybe not from the UK and you're actually thinking, oh, that stuff that Regal says about, you know, being influenced by old, old school comedians, is that true or is he just bullshitting us, you know, is he trying to sort of um, get himself over? We can absolutely assure you, as people that are from the, the UK... Um, that um, William Regal, when he says he's channeling old English comedians, it's it actually I think makes it even more sweet for those of us who are of the. Cause he's not even necessarily channeling comedians that we would like. You know, they're kind of a little bit old-fashioned, a bit cheesy, maybe you know, probably a bit problematic in, in some cases, depending on who yeah, they yeah. are. But he does tap into that very. You know, it's a bit like your 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 shit uncle who turns up at weddings, has a few too many drinks, and does some crap impressions and thinks he's dead funny. Like, you know, um, it's that kind of lovable, you know, but a little bit embarrassing vibe of this guy that's watched too much Les Dawson or whatever. But in his facial expressions, in the way that he, uh, he comes across, and crucially, I think this is the most important thing, in the way that he manages to make you laugh at him when he's angry, which is actually a really important thing for his kind of heel to do. Not to make you hate him more, but to actually laugh at him. Um you know he's got a great sense of that and he does it comes from a lot of his you can tell yeah. it's all the old
0: northern english He's not, not someone who like is worried about being a cool heel like so many people are like he's he's <sighs> willi- he's willing to look like a look like a prat. and that's. Do you uh, that? I hate cool heels but cool heels
2: do you remember that um it was a great man of american bash in 86. he had a match against sting
4: yeah
2: yeah and and that it was just total pantomime game. Uh, you know all these southern hicks and the audience and him just totally railing them up, doing doing all the uh, the blue blood stuff, but turning up to a It's a fantastic performance of him just absolutely stooging and winding the fans up so, so much. My my,
0: my favorite regal moment is he had a match with the big show on SmackDown in two thousand one. This was the time his gimmick was he was uh, using what he called the power I of the punch, which was actually is, uh, yeah. actually brass knuckles. he'd hide in his he'd wear a pair of pants over another pair of pants and the brass knuckles would be in the first pair of pants. And the finish of the match was, he got them out while the ref wasn't looking, and he hit Big Show, and the Big Show rebounded off the ropes, and then just came back and fell on top of William (laughs) Regal, and was out cold, and the ref counted three, and that was the finish. Like, pure genius.
2: Fun fact, one time my wife booked an episode of Smackdown.
0: (laughs) (sighs) and uh, my my favourite Tajiri obviously like a great wrestler not so much in All Japan's junior division in the year of Our Lord 2018 but in his prime Tajiri could absolutely go and he was fantastic but I I loved him in the backstage segments that he had with Regal and my favourite one was I watched this um, quite recently it was when Stone Cold was like heel like paranoid Stone Cold always wanted to be hooked oh, yeah. and like thinking everyone was out to get him and he like wanted a shoulder to cry on and he just ended up like unloading all his worries on Tajiri and Tajiri mm-hmm. was just there nodding like not understanding a word of it and Stone Cold's on for absolutely ages about saying like it's unfair I should have to wrestle Jericho and Benoit and then eventually goes oh thanks Tajiri which he was calling Tajiri like Tajiri I feel like you really understand me you're a greedless but <laughs> he just like walks off <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's I absolutely love Stone Cold heel run. It's
0: absolutely amazing. Yeah, like, it's... it was terrible for business and it was the bad it was a bad decision, but he's so I good loved at it. it. So uh, what about you guys? Uh, favorite Regal <laughs> Intergem moments?
2: I oh, no, no, no. I'd put the big show one down. Um the the one there was, a, there was a, another a uh, moment quite around about that time where he fought Spike Dudley and he um he uh, he had the brass knuckles in the. He had a brass knuckles in the turnbuckle pad and in his shorts. So the referee searched them and found the brass knuckles um, in the shorts and took them out and put them away. And then he had the other brass knuckles in the turnbuckle oh, that's pad. Brilliant. And then. Spike Dudley came out and then just uh, distracted uh, William Regal. Oh no! As, uh, uh, as Regal was getting searched by the referee, he went over at the turnbuckle pad and he grabbed the, the brass knuckles and not Regal over them. Left- <laughs>
0: <laughs> that kind of reminds me there's a character called Carson in uh, Thief of Time by Terry Pratchett, who's got like five knives on him, and like every time you think you've got his <laughs> knife, he just like later on he just brings out another one.
1: Brilliant, brilliant.
2: Um, um, yeah, like, on. I, I did have a, se- I had a serious one. Um, there you go. This is um, it's a trilogy um, of matches in 2006. Um, it was over three consecutive SmackDown pay-per-views. It was Judgment Day, Great American Bash, and No Mercy, mm. where yeah. Regal, Finlay, and Benoit oh, had three of the greatest yeah, matches yeah. you'll ever see in your past. So path. good. They are so, so good. Uh, there's the one with the Great American Bash against Finlay where they do the collar and elbow tie-up, yeah. and they end up going underneath the ropes and out of the ring still in yeah. the collar and elbow tie Yeah, those all three of those matches are so good. They also had a series in WCW where they did the same.
0: Yeah, in fact, it yeah. was uh, Uncensored 96, still. I think, Regal versus uh, Finlay, when he was the Belfast bruiser. Yeah. yeah, Regal and Finlay, in like two different decades, have had amazing pay-per-view matches that no one in the crowd gave the slightest fuck about. No, and
2: yeah. hey, that... That match, uh, the no, no Mercy 2006, was also the one where um, with, with Big Vito, where he has the running with Big, Big Vito Corleone. Oh yeah, yeah. And then um, he, he went into the shower and then came out and slept in, the, in like some condiments, and he was just writhing about in this mustard and kept <laughs> it, like, It's Like the original I,
0: concession stand brawl. It's right? yeah. not mustard involved. It's let's, not a proper brawl. I see Max Payne try this. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I mean. Because uh, they did specify on this, didn't they? They did. Did they specify um, just promos or backstage? It's it could be matches
0: as well. Yeah, it could be matches or promos. Oh, it can be. Oh, Christ! Well, that's just impossible. Um,
1: okay. Well, I mean, okay. Very quickly, um, I'll I'll just say I'm not going to do matches for Regal because um, I actually consider Regal to be, as you say, one of the greatest of all time, and I like so much of his stuff. Um, one thing I will say in in terms of match stuff for Tajiri, who I think might have been the best wrestler in the world in the year 2000. Um, was um, his match at Hardcore Heaven uh, 2000 against Steve Carino, um, which is about 13 minutes long and is an absolute bloodbath in which Carino is completely and brutally squashed um, in what, for me, is one of the greatest blow-offs of, um, of that year and in to- of 2000 wrestling. I constantly complain these these days that wrestling does not give you the... Especially not WWE anymore because the way the product's set up on TV. It doesn't give you the satisfying... Um, the most satisfying part of being a wrestling fan, which is seeing a, a, a underdog face who's been pushed about, uh, you know, uh, pissed around with by and um, belittled, humiliated by this, like, you know, uh, this kind of boss figure, if you will, get their come up, get their comeback and actually get the blow off and see them just destroy them. Um, The most extreme version of this is, I think, Hardcore Heaven 2000, where Carino has been using Tajiri as his like stooge, his lapdog uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months. And crucially, and it probably wouldn't get past TV today, probably for good reason. But it's actually one of the few, uh, the few moments when I will actually possibly countenance—and it's probably not my place to say—but countenance some of the, the racist stuff that Carino says about Tajiri because it really does. Like, and the risk with you know um, doing the racist stuff with ECW crowds is that will like it, um, but um, they don't. They they're old school enough to understand that he's the heel. And that if he's saying something racist right now, which they'll probably laugh at in, in the next part of the show when a face says it, they have to boo him, right? Yeah. And he I think I'm not gonna repeat it, but he's, he said he makes a comment about the shape of Tajiri's eyes um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the promo before this. And that justifies what comes next, which is the most brutal beatdown. Of, um, of a uh, of, of a nefarious heel I've ever seen. It's total vindication. It's on the level of, like, you know, um, um, the very greatest lucha brawls. It's catharsis. It's a brilliant, brilliant moment. It's a great match. Please go and watch it if you've not yeah. seen it. Um, and then outside of that, I'm going to pick um, one in particular promo, which people might be surprised about, because it doesn't come from what people might consider to be, you know, Regal's necessarily um, really great um, promo run in the WWE, which is kind of um, when he comes back... Um, 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 sort of um, in the, the early 2000s, you know? Um, late 19... Is it late 99 or early 2000? Yeah, it's
2: late... early
1: 2000s. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's not actually from that period. It's from a little bit later. Right. Now, uh, this is from... Uh, I'm going to look up the date. I think it's in August 2004. Um, now, for the background of this, um, basically, um, Regal in, in Kyfabe has been appointed um, um, as, like, the, um, the guardian um, of... Um, Eric Bischoff's nephew, uh, Eugene.
0: Oh yes, you remember this is now Eugene
1: being the character that they they, they literally decided to to present as having special needs. Um, And and I'm not saying that in like you know a a glib movie. He's got special. Literally, they they made him a character that had like um, educational special needs. Um, And the idea was that um, he was a savant who um, you know was able to pick up moves from wrestlers he'd seen on his uncle's TV show as a kid, but couldn't really actually properly wrestle. So you know they're basically it's, they're basically saying here is a man with special needs that we are putting into a ring to get beaten up. So the whole storyline stinks a little bit. And it's a bit horrible, right? Um, and there's a feud going on between Triple H and he who shall not be named. Um, and basically the 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 feud um, Eugene becomes like a pawn in the game, right? So Triple H um, basically uses him as a lure uh, to get um, uh, you know to get other people out to the ring that will eventually bring Benoit out to the, out to the ring and all that. And there's a big uh, kerfuffle. Eugene gets harmed in the process. Um, but um, um, outside of this, um, Eugene begins to interfere in some, um, some matches with the guys, and they're kind of a little bit um, like, you know, confused about what, what's going on, what's happening, why is this been allowed to happen? And Regal comes out um, and he reveals that he um, encouraged Eugene to interfere in both matches because he was disgusted by uh, Triple H's manipulation of a special needs person. Um, and he goes onto what is a really great, actually fiery face. Uh, promo, which you wouldn't expect it's, from it's, Regal. It, it's an incredible... Cause, it's like, brilliant. And it's, you, you exploited that... I'm, I mean, I'm not doing it word for word, I haven't seen it for age. I've not really watched it before this. But, you know, you, you exploited that boy and all this kind of stuff. But it, it's, it's brilliant. It's someone defending someone who... Who 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 can't defend themselves? and doing it in an honourable way. It's,
2: it's the really the thing the thing I really love about the promo as well is that at the start they they kind of mention bit how like William Regal is like you used to tag with me in WCW and uh, we were, we were nefarious heels at the time and I followed your career since you've been a nefarious heel and I am a nefarious heel and mm-hmm. I I know I, I applaud you for it. I'm you know I'm I'm not I'm not against these sort of things you know I, I would uh, applaud your your um, your dastardly nature. And he says, "If you'd done it to anyone else, I would have applauded you, but you had to do it yeah. to him." And like it's the fact that you know that William Regal. I mean, like if you, it's the fact that like the, the crowd as well. The crowd and William Regal comes and they're like, "Ah, oh, there's there's Johnny old yeah. William Regal, tea and crumpets. Here we go." <laughs> and then he comes out, and you're like. Oh yeah, William Regal is like an absolute bruiser, of a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I love William Regal. Like yeah. and pure, they get really behind him. They're like, yeah. yeah.
1: But I, Ev- I love that. I love that idea that there's. It's like a heel who who will do anything under the sun to win, and will do anything disgusting and horrible, but even for him. That's a line in the sand. Yeah, he but, you know, that, out, yeah. that even for him, that's one step too far. And there are certain people that you don't just, mess about with. Uh, just you know. Qu-
0: just quickly the um the, the other William Regal moment I love. You know the Stone Cold like um arrive stunner leave t-shirt? That comes from yeah. a segment he did with Bill <laughs> <with the laughs> Regal, where Regal comes out and says he's going to educate the crowd. And so he starts reading Hamlet from the beginning, where it's the two guards it's like Nay, no, stand and unfold yourself, Bernardo, he. Like all that sort of uh, stuff. And he just reads Hamlet from the very beginning. Stone Cold comes out, gives him the stunner and fucks off. And I love that segment because A, it's really funny. And B, Regal has the exact same edition of Hamlet that I have. Oh, God. So that's, oh. uh, that's what I love.
1: Um, I mean, if you want to encapsulate two men's characters in like a couple of minutes, that's it, isn't it?
0: So, uh, just before we move on from the, from the Q&A, just uh, some non-wrestling related ones. Um, at Pete Hitchcock asks, best Power Rangers Megazord? Uh, Pete is a friend of ours who is a uh, Cambridge University Classics graduate. Just for uh, context, he is asking us, what is the best what? Power Rangers Me- Megazord? Do you know what I that know- is, Daniel?
1: No. I know what the Power Rangers are. David, do you know yeah, what you Megazord know how, is? you know
2: the big robot that they have? You know how they all have a robot and it can kind of come together?
1: you sort of I mean I'll be honest I didn't really watch it
0: show me and David
1: feel this one the only, the only thing I know about Power Rangers is there was that bloke who played one of them that um, tried to talk himself into some MMA fights
0: yeah Jason David Frankie was the, the Green Ranger who later became the not at all problematically named White Power Ranger wow <laughs> um, on that
1: note I'll go and get another beer and you two can
0: take yeah, this one yeah yeah go on David
2: I, I had planned to do some actual been research for this because I was really up for this question, and then I forgot. So um, I, I've got, I've got uh, some ideas, but is, so I'm, I'm right in saying that the Megazord is the combination of yeah, the the, the individual
0: ones are Zords, and then the Megazord is when they combine to form a, a, a giant robot.
2: I mean, I, I can Well, do you ha- have one in particular? first? No, I've personally? got one.
0: So I, I, I'm not up with, like, Power Rangers... Uh, Power Rangers Dino Thunder and Power Rangers Ninja Storm and Power Rangers Centrist Blaze and all that sort of uh, stuff. But like, um, uh, what I do like is the, the Zeo Megazord because like they're not. This you is, fucking geeks. This is basically, this sums me up because like the other ones were like sort of animals and stuff like lions and woolly mammoths and stuff. The Zeo Megazord is just like the zords are like geometric shapes in different colours <laughs> and then they fit together. And, like, that's my favourite, and I had a toy of it when I was a kid. Uh, So, that's the one I like.
1: I think, um, was I, I'm trying to work out, when was Power Rangers, like, really popular? Because I remember it being on TV, but I think I might have been, like, just a little bit too old or. Mid to late 90s. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing I would have loved as a kid.
2: Because
1: I I don't remember watching
2: it. I think I maybe know what it was. Uh, What age are you, again? Uh, 32.
1: Yeah. 32, 32, right. So,
2: you're about three, four years older than me. Because I remember when I was younger. It was when Sky Telly was a big thing and it was around about 97, and he had Fox Kids.
1: Ah, uh, we didn't have Sky. Uh, no, okay. well,
2: yeah, I remember Fox Kids used to relentlessly show Power Rangers all the time. So that's where mm-hmm. I got a lot of mine from was that it was on all the time. I just didn't remember I went on holiday once uh, to America probably uh, probably about four years ago and um because obviously like American is quite shit. Uh we kinda you you, you you get your routine where we'd always be in at a certain time to watch certain things. So like we'd always watch Seinfeld in the morning and stuff like that. And yeah. I simply remember watching a fuck ton of Power Rangers. Uh just like all the different iterations and then Dragon oh. Ball Z. I would have been about twenty five it time.
1: This sounds about right because um at that time in my life, um my parents didn't get like. Um, cause I remember at the time, all of a sudden, Sky becoming like dead popular. Like loads of people getting Sky. Um, it was
2: an aspirational thing. Somebody had a yeah,
1: dish. You thought, oh my. Yeah. It was no, but it But you, you're right to mention that actually, because this this actually ties into wrestling because um, an awful lot of my wrestling as a younger kid was consumed either at my grandparents' house because they had Sky and they'd they'd um, like you know they'd retired and watch a lot of TV and my granddad would always videotape any WWF show. Um, WrestleMania 10, I got taped off my granddad that way. Um, and also, um, at mates' houses, you'd often have a mate that had Sky, so maybe two or three of the other people in the neighbourhood or whatever that didn't have Sky would all go around to this person's house and we'd sort of annoy their parents by making them sit through us watching, you know, whatever it was, Survivor Series 95 or <laughs> whatever, um, 96 or whatever. Um, so that was quite a big a big thing, you know. And we, did, we used to do the same for, I remember going to watch football matches at other people's houses all the time because. There was only like two or three people on the road that had skies. You'd go and watch it at their house or whatever. You know, it's kind of a quaint thing now, but yeah.
2: Funnily enough, uh, well, I I used to do that as well with the wrestling. And I famously never saw John Cena versus Big Show at WrestleMania 20 for years because my uncle asked my uncle to tape it, and he'd been at the pub, and he t- he came in at like 20 past 12 and it had already finished. And he just stuck the recorder on, uh, so it just started at like the second match. I never saw it for years. Cause you missed out on a classic, I have to say. A classic yeah. Of the genre,
1: of all the great John Cena matches, that's the one that you've got yeah, to
2: see. I, I have to be a, a traditionalist and just see the original Dino Megazord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, really it's the, the best. Ever. It's
0: obviously the best. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, um... yeah, I
2: mean that, that Mastodon Dinosaur is fucking incredible. I love that.
0: Final question. Um, uh, this is festive related, so I think we have to ask it. Um, at... it's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> ben Hurd's one asks, "What's the shittiest Christmas gift you've ever given?" Oh, oh, the gift of my company, probably.
2: Now, are we are we, are we limiting this to Christmas or birthday? Uh,
0: Chris, Christmas, I think. Yeah, Christmas. I've got oh, one right. which it wasn't me, but like one of my friends, they have a family tradition. So, you know, like, um, it's like traditional to have an orange in your stocking from like, um. You know, fucking
2: yeah, yeah. decades satsuma. ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, Satsuma, yeah. satsuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a family tradition. Not anymore. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I just still have a stocking.
0: Just... <laughs> <laughs> they had a family tradition, but instead of an orange, it was a potato. <laughs> they just got potatoes for Christmas. Not not just potatoes, yeah. they had other things, obviously, but like, that was It's Like, did you cook it? Because, like, a Satsuma you can just peel and, like, eat as part of your breakfast. <laughs> just just <laughs> get a potato, what the fuck
2: are you going to do with it? You just hear a rat-a-tat-tat in the chimney. Potato man! You
0: got it's boiling
1: hot like Texas motor- style to- potatoes. <laughs> 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 What's the worst one I've ever given? Oh, I know what it is. Easy, hands down. Easy, easy, hands down. Um, when I was 19, um, I ended up, as you tend to do at that age, um, in a. Well, to call it a relationship would be a somewhat grandiose term for what occurred. But um, let's say, you know, it's someone that you're, you're seeing. I was seeing someone. Um, now, almost. Do you, I don't want to expose myself too much here, or, or like you know, make this too much into a um, like um, a, a pouring out of them um, long-held um, um, kind of grudges. But um, did you ever do that thing when you were a lot younger, where you don't really understand who you are or like um, uh, where you kind of fit in in the world, and you kind of just try people to go out with that you would these days, if it was suggested to you that you should go out with them, you'd say, well, well this will be a clear disaster from the start. We've got nothing in common. We're totally different. And we're only drawn together by the fact that we vaguely find each other physically attractive. Like, But it's not enough to, you know, hold it on. You, you know, these days, you it's like, not enough, you know. In those days, you just kind of cycle through things like that, hoping you'll find something that will keep. Um, and um, I was in a relationship, in that one of those kind of relationships one year. And you know It just gets to the point where you kind of realize, you're like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm 20, 21 here, you know. Let's um, be honest, this is probably not going to be the last relationship I'll have. I'll be honest, I'm a bit bored now. And you kind of just wait until one of the other... You don't even want to be the person that does it because you're kind of British and indirect, so you just kind of wait until the other person sits you down one day and goes, I'm really sorry, it's just not working out. And you go, oh, oh, terrible, awful, awful, (laughs) really bad. Um, Oh, I don't know how I'll ever get over it. Um, Brilliant. Um, So that was nice knowing you. And then you you walk out, you skip out, like, yeah, come on, brilliant. Um, Well, I was in one of those relationships. um, And um, she she was from a petty bourgeois farming stock, so she's kind of revolutionary anyway. Um, But... um, She um, um, bored me non-stop um, for um, about, um, I'd say, a good year uh, about watching episodes of the TV show Lost. Right. Oh no. Now I never really got into Lost that much. I don't really have anything against anyone that, that does, but it's not really my bag as a TV show. It's like, um, yeah, just not my, my kind of thing. So uh, she would sit down with me um, and sort of force me to watch it. So in what I would describe as a kind of perverse. Like um, masochistic present that I gave to her, Um, you know. Sometimes you just want to sort of heap on the misery. I bought the entire um, box series of Lost's first two seasons um, and gave it her as if to say, "There you go, you want Lost, dear? Well, how about you
4: have Lost all two seasons?"
1: (laughs) Uh, It's very much like in Peep Show when you know uh, 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 Mark knows that Jeremy spent his money on a curry. Earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah. and so he gets <laughs> not three not curries for a takeaway <laughs> later on. That's right—a lamb corer <laughs> and, a, and, a and and a placenta. and a thick and
0: creamy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> done.
1: That's actually from a different curry-related. Yeah, no,
0: Oh, yeah. We we all know that Daniel. We all know. You don't have to yeah. tell us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. <Well>. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: okay, here
1: we are. Yeah. So I hate uh. buying lost out of some kind of um. Uh, you know like um youthful um kind of um um, existentialist like yearn of hatred towards myself is probably probably my worst christmas present i've ever (laughs) bought all right
2: i had to fucking watch it i had to kind of rack myself for this one because it was oh careful you can hurt someone doing that i I know i know it's terrible um i'm i'm generally i don't want to say i'm a good present buyer but i kind of you know i'm I, I know I know my, I know I know all the spots I can I can g- generally get something good for most people. Yeah, I'm um, alright. I distinctly remember though no, um, I once I have an uncle, uh, Uncle Ian. Everyone in Scotland has an Uncle Ian. That's just a fact. <laughs> but, uh, my Uncle Ian. Um,
1: Everyone in the UK in the Eng- England's got an Auntie Val. Don't Auntie worry.
2: Val, yeah, uh, you've got Uncle Ian in Scotland. But uh, my my Uncle Ian, we we kind of have it. You know, you have those relatives where you know what you're getting from them. They know what they're getting from you, yeah. And you just you just go for it because, like you know, I quite yeah. like the HMV voucher. It's great. I can buy a CD. I'm not, yeah. But every year you can kind of you can kind of rely on it. And so he would buy me an Talk HMV talking. voucher like Yeah, I used to, he used to get me Woolworths vouchers, and then Woolworths went down the pan, so that was a crisis. Didn't know what he'd buy me. Um, so he went for a couple of years of different vouchers, to different places. So he buy me a voucher every year for something the be used. and I buy him cans. Which is fine, cans yeah. is fine. Twenty four cans of tenants, everyone loves twenty four cans that's of tenants. Like, that, that's a good couple of nights
1: in, on tenants. Yeah, it's a,
2: it's a good, it's a good present. Yeah. We've done this for years, you know. The, the old switcheroo. You give if me. You bought manager, me twenty
1: four tenants, tenants for Christmas. I would genuinely be like jumping through rooms. I'd be really.
2: That'd be like the best present
3: yeah. I get
2: this year. It's great, and, yeah. he, and he loved it every time. And then uh, we bought him the twenty four cans of tenants. Did the did the trade as usual. And then like, on the way home, we were told that um, Uncle Ian was. Uh, off the drink because it was giving him nosebleeds because he was drinking that much. Fucking <laughs> <That'd be laughs> hell. And I'm like, it's not the worst present because, I mean, he, he probably drank it and he probably had a damn good time, needed a lot of tissues, but probably had a damn I, good time doing it.
1: Have I, have but, I related this uh, this anecdote on the uh, on the show before from uh, just to cross over into our other field of, um, of um, obscure football-related chat? Does anyone remember the famous gifting um, to Tony Adams, recently recovered alco- uh, alcoholic uh, Tony Adams, who'd literally just come out of a clinic like a few months before? He played for Arsenal in his first game back and was, as was his standard, just completely imperious in defence. He was a wonderful player. Um, and um, he came right back and everyone thought, wow, Tony Adams, got to respect him. He's come, he's, he's battled alcoholism. He's come back. He's still a great, brave player. You know, he still believes in himself. And after the match, he's standing there proudly, as Tony Adams was wont to do, standing there like a, an England's brave lion, you might say. And uh, the uh, as, as was the time back then, uh, as, as was the style, The uh, <laughs> can't remember who it was. The backstage interviewer said, well, uh, Tony, you've been presented with the uh, Barclays Premier League of the back. I'd like to give you your gift is this giant bottle of champagne. And Tony Adams just sort of looks at him with a look in his eye that I've only recently seen from Caroline Noakes at a select committee hearing with Yvette Cooper. Um, <laughs> and um, she... I mean, he just looks at him as if to say, you know what, you struggle, you fight, you put everything into it, you battle off death, you win back your friends and family whose trust you've lost, and this cunt turns up with a fucking giant bottle of
2: champagne. My friend once accidentally did that, uh, Charles Kennedy, who was once the rector of a oh. university. Oh, uh, and yes. he was in the union one day, and my pal went, Charles, do you want a pint? <laughs> That's oh. a fuck. He's like, Charles has literally been out of a clinic just, for like just six prove, weeks ago. Just,
1: just to prove that this is decreasing levels of celebrity respectability, um, have I told you the story about Curly Watson, my dad?
0: <laughs> I think you did, was
1: it? Like... It could have been on a few episodes ago. I'm not sure, but basically, Curly Watts is a famous uh, um, um, soap character in Coronation Street, which is set in Manchester, where me and my dad are from. Um, and he used to—he's a big City fan. Uh, Kevin something is his name, I think. He used to turn up at all the City matches. You used to see him in the um, either the Kip Act or the Main Stand or the North Stand. Like, he'd be like me and Daddy, just buy a ticket wherever he got it every every week. I think with the, the Normies, you know. Um, and um, you know, he'd generally get left alone, but you know, sometimes people would come up to him and give him a bit of patter. Uh, and my dad had had a few drinks. And he was stood next to him at the bar, and they got chatting, and they were having some nice chat, you know, about the match. And then my dad, who just, um, just said, "Oh, you know, do you fancy, a, do you fancy a drink, Kevin?" And uh, he said, "No, no, 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 I'm all right." And my dad was like, "Well, oh, you know, you know what some men of a certain age get like if you say they don't, you don't want a drink, you know?" He said, "Oh, you know, come on, come on, I'll get you on. It's all right, it's on me." He's like, "No, no, I'm, 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 I'm I'll stay on my own." You know, he got quite aggressive on it. My dad was like, "All oh, right, no, fair enough." And the next day, my dad was reading like the newspaper in the celebrity gossip section or whatever. It said like. Uh, that um, he'd he
3: just come out of rehab. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell!
1: And my dad was like, "I didn't know." <laughs> oh, just kept trying to <laughs> push alcohol at him.
0: Sounds all like, like curly was trying to go, to go straight. To going like Steve, no, Steve, leave it. Um, so, uh, so very good note to end on the Q and A. If we don't, if we didn't get to your question, we're very sorry. But like, we, we did have more. But uh, uh, you know, we've got other sections of the um, of the podcast to get to. It's not because we right, hate so you, right. except you. You know who you are.
2: Yeah, and one final addendum, I would like to say my favourite wrestling rumour is that one about Victor Canones and David Flair, where David Flair once left his house due to unfit working conditions because he woke up in the middle of the night one time with Victor Canones standing over him, ready to, um, shall we say, express himself all over oh, David Flair's oh, face. Express yourself, it's one-on-one. You on one. uh,
1: yeah, speaking of expressing yourself, my favourite wrestling rumour also uh, involves, um, well, Scat. Um, and oh, is this the glass uh, bottle story? It's, it's Jimmy Valiant, a glass table in the and Roll
0: Express. Uh, yes. yes, this is the question was had by
2: all. this <laughs> well, is the question we were asked. Shall we, shall of, we, uh, yeah.
0: What's the weirdest? This was uh, at Lonely Luchador again. What's the weirdest backstage story that you want to believe is true, and why is it, it Shoji Nakamaki beating himself off to watching Axel Rotten in the shower? <laughs> Allegedly, it's Shoji Nakamaki beating himself off. Allegedly, <laughs> um, Shoji Nakamaki, one who uh, a man who once bladed in, in a 75-second match at the Tokyo Dome respect <laughs> respect so um now we're going to get on to uh actually um just just for you Sarah love you um <laughs> reviewing a bit of wrestling um so rather than um, <sighs> rather than christmas related wrestling which is what we did last year um we thought we'd uh, do something a little bit different and uh, incorporate maybe something we wouldn't necessarily do a full episode about but which um Kind of interests us as a, as a sort of type or genre of wrestling. So, uh, what I did was uh, got in contact with um, a friend of the show, Terry Riley. So, when I say wrestling, like Terry Riley's into his uh, Chinese wrestling, so I don't mean wrestling because, as we all know, uh, Terry Riley um, is a purveyor of what he calls Chinese wrestling, but what you may refer to as uh, jazz videos. Shall we say? Yeah. Um,
2: well, a um, a blue. just
0: to just to just to correct this, uh, the origin story a little bit. Oh, okay. um, it's it's
1: it, it's that he Terry Riley was a purveyor of Chinese wrestling, which I think was actually legit um, <laughs> somehow, um, and and
0: pornography. Right. A better blue. The thing is when, a, when blue for the dance, The thing the is for when, the a, when a guy comes up and say, do you want do you want to watch some Chinese wrestling? And you've never heard of any Chinese wrestling. <laughs>
1: Well, 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 this is the thing, is that I, I, I was young and chaste and innocent. I um, hadn't even been on the Wheel of Fortune at that point. Um, like, and, um, you know, um, I think it was that... All I remember is that there was definitely covers with
0: Chinese writing and what looked like it could have been wrestling. <laughs> well, so, the thing is, I got in contact with Terry, and I, I put it in, uh, in uh, quotation marks, so he knew that. It's like, Terry, have you got any Chinese wrestling for me? Yeah, you've got um, to be
1: careful with him. None of this like, do you have a gram? It's got to be as Kevin in. Yeah,
0: it, it, exactly. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm after, i after some grot, Terry. Have you got any grot? Um and. Um, he said, oh, I've got a great video for you. It's a couple of gorgeous young women in Shanghai uh, rolling around with each other and putting each other in all kinds of uh, positions. And I thought, oh, that sounds uh, great. Yeah, send it over. And he did. And uh, imagine my shock when it was uh, Tam Lekano versus Natsuko Tora from uh, New Pro Wrestling Shanghai on the 8th of August, 2018.
1: And we thought that he was just a shunter of muck.
0: It's actual <laughs> Chinese wrestling. I couldn't fucking believe it. Ah. So um, I, uh, I was like, okay, well, he sent us this. I guess we uh, we've got to review it now.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all genders and none. Although I'm not quite sure what I think about that kind of generosity Welcome to Terry Riley's Chinese Wrestling. Yeah, and shout out to Terry Riley at Minimus, Com- Minimus Composition on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, what we have is um, a yeah, wrestling match from, uh, from China. Uh, now, evolved toward uh, China back in the day pre uh, catch point, uh, Timmy Thatcher, and all them. This is when evolve was a kind of uh, uh, you know or Garden Wrestling promotion. I think
1: Gargano was on that card. Uh,
0: yeah, Gargano and Ricochet. So it was like your sort of uh, sort of uh, early 2010s white boy flippy shit. And um, basically, what you uh, what they did was they okay, we're going to do all these like flippy matches and stuff like that. And uh, gradually realised that they didn't need to because the Chinese fans were. Like they had seen wrestling, but they weren't, like... They're not, like, sort of wide-eyed uh, ingenues. But um, they were sort of much less jaded than the sort of Western smarks. So, like, they'd do a vertical suplex, and the crowd would go fucking mad for it. Because it was, like, uh, most of them wouldn't ever have seen, like, live wrestling before. And they got enormous crowds. Like, their oh, yeah. first shows of the tour, they got about two, 3,000. And they did a show in Beijing, and they got 11,000 fans. To fucking yeah. evolve. Evolve, which has always always struggled to draw, no matter what the direction of the promotion was. There's always these, sh- they do the odd show, even when they're like drawing like relatively well for them. They do the odd show in front of like fifty people in a Florida swamp, and there's a, a fucking pot plant oh, in yeah. the corner. Like um, I mean, I've,
1: I was watching Evolve until pretty recently, and um, still some of the. Um, you know, matches that I would otherwise think... I remember I watched an Anthony Henry and Freddie Yeho match um, from, like, last year, which was brilliant, but I, I I would have usually put on, like, my match of the earliest, but I just couldn't because
0: the atmosphere was just dead.
2: Still, I mean, now that Fabian I can the evolve Champion, they'll be getting 11,000 at every show.
0: <laughs> hey, Fabian, Fucking that was good, joke thing. Um, but, <laughs> joke um, thing.
2: actually, I don't know. It must have been lost in the mess of time now. There was a podcast at the time, I want to say it was in Wrestling With Words, where they went on a big podcast and they reviewed like Evolve in China. Um and like they had a big huge like road diary of like, you know, taking stuff from all the different Evolve wrestlers and all that and just like the experiences. And it was really, really fun. I remember watching that and uh, listening to that and thinking that was just amazing. Was it Evolve China not the famous show there was a show where it, it got delayed by like an hour? Uh, and instead of instead of showing anything else, they literally just showed the same trailer of a. Oh, that Dick. was um,
0: that was uh, Matt Riddle's Bloodsport at WrestleMania weekend, and everyone on Twitter was going mad for it. Uh, like Mort was uh, Mort was having the time of his life. They, they were just showing the same like four or five minute video, and Mort's was like, "But who's going to win out of Gargano and Ricochet? I must know." After they showed <laughs> it like six times. And um,
2: I just remember just descended into madness as Mort just kept t- tweeting about <laughs> Evolve Beijing. It was amazing.
0: Um, but I like. I like, like, watching shows where crowds who are, like, more open to being amazed by things which we would consider, like, quite commonplace wrestling moves. Like, I saw a sort of bootleg once of a house show in Qatar where, like, they'd done John Cena versus CM Punk. And they did, like, they basically wrestled it like it was a fucking 80s Hulkamania style match with lots of, like, double axe handles and big wacky selling and, like... CM Punk did a big splash at one point and the crowd absolutely ate it up and the other example was um, a few years ago uh, Dick Togo put on a charity show in Myanmar to raise money for the third victim bear in mind these are people who Probably haven't seen even seen wrestling on the TV. Maybe um, the the oh, semi main. I, I don't know. I was... The semi main was uh, Masato Tanaka versus James Rydeen in a hardcore match. <laughs> and Tanaka's <laughs> doing like um, uh, like fucking splashes off the balcony through a table, and like the crowd were losing their minds. And also, Kyoshi Tamura was in the main event. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like I mean, I, I, on on the subject of that, like I'm I'm never sure when we start talking about these things because. With matches in places like China and stuff like that, what I think it's what people can sometimes I think slip because you just said like no one knows wrestling there. Like so, what I don't want to do is slip into this like orientalist like like prism where I'm looking at everything through this like weird like Western gaze and not quite getting it. Basically, I don't really know. What do do either of you guys know? What is the kind of um, the current level of people consume the availability of wrestling? Of people consuming it, like, is there any like baseline for this in China? Because I don't know, I don't want to
0: project onto it. Still really have been to China, I think. And they've done live shows. Yeah, they've done live shows there.
2: I want to say aided by um, the uh, best in the world, Shane McMahon. Um, I want to yeah, say lovely. when he ran That's his a big Chinese draw for anyone. Yeah, yeah, he ran. He ran when he was like president mm. of a Chinese media conglomerate before he became the best wrestler mm. in the world. Yeah. Um, mm. I seem to remember he struck a deal where like you got it in pay-per-view and it was kind of like this fledgling streaming service
1: so that they've never had um like just like uh weekly tv and i don't think
2: they have raw or anything like that they're not i mean right. i
0: think what i mean is like i mean as i said i think they know wrestling but it's probably newer to them and therefore they're
2: yeah, no, no, yeah. I absolutely and, agree and
0: live wrestling isn't something that they yeah. like there's not much of an indie scene to speak of i mean this is an enoki project yeah. this um uh promotion we're about oh. to uh, talk about. Well, well, which Inoki we'll get on to, but first... Yeah,
1: we'll come on to the Inoki tentacles reaching out um, across uh, Asia. Um, but
0: first, let's talk about the competitors in uh, in this match. So these are both women from uh, Stardom, which is a uh, modern uh, Joshi promotion. Um, so we've got... Um, uh... It's pretty much the modern Joshi promotion for a lot of people, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yes, it, Yes. indeed, because they have else, a but... uh, they have a streaming service where all the promos are subtitled and they put a lot of content out and it's... Very accessible, so I think it's probably the most popular Joshi promotion in the West, if not in yes, Japan. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, Tam, N- Tam Nakano is a uh, big Thomas Nakano, uh, Bull's uh, Scottish cousin. Um, yes. Is uh, she? She's very. Inter- she's a very interesting character to me because, like, she's she used to be an idol in a like moderately well-known pop group, uh, hmm. so she had like a name. Before she got into wrestling, oh,
4: okay,
0: like she had like fifteen thousand Twitter followers, like before joining uh, Stardom. And but the the way she got into wrestling is she's mates with Anita, and she'd started doing death matches, and that was how like the first sort of oh, okay. wrestling that she did. And then wow. she got signed by Stardom because she was like sort of had a bit of crossover appeal. And they were like, okay, we'll bring her in. But she started out, yeah, she's BFS with Anita.
1: So cause I think this might be the second or third of push uh, TAM match I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, she's, I've uh... I've not
1: seen very much of her at all. Like for listeners, um like I, I do keep up with like what's happening in Joshi as much as I can. And like um certainly um when I'm I tend to sort of like watch a lot of matches that have been recommended per month throughout the year so i'll go i'll get to the end of like january whatever month it is uh, um, past that and think right what are people talking about on forums i respect what are people talking about on websites i respect and then i'll i'll look yeah. at stuff so i tend to watch Joshi matches that get recommended to me that way simply because i've got too much commitment to other things that it's it's, it's wrestling who the hell can keep up um you know, so this is actually only the second or third match
0: I've seen of her, and I—I'll I, well, talk more about it later. But um, yeah, um, she kind of impressed me a little bit in this match. Yeah, I, I like I like Tam because she's she also like started quite late. I think she's uh, she doesn't look it, but she's thirty, and what? like no, she's thirty years old. Genuinely, I thought
1: no joke. I thought she was 17, 18. I thought she was like a young, like plucky, uh, first year. No, 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 she's
0: she's thirty so like what? she got into i <laughs> know she got into wrestling in like her late 20s and i like her because she works really hard at like adding stuff to her repertoire like there's moves in this match which um like the knee strike off the top rope which she does late on yeah, which is quite great. new she's debuted like a, a bridging german suplex which uh, looks really nice and i appreciate her for like working hard and uh and like genuinely like trying to get better, she's not resting on her name from uh, her idol days. Um, I, what I love about her is that she does all these sort of um, sort of like idol things, like she does her uh, um, uh, 365 days of Tam on Twitter, which are just like like a selfie a day, or as I, or as I called it, uh, Starlow 365 days of Tam, which that
1: is... confused me so much because I thought you were talking about um, a one-time ECW standout um, um, young lion um, Tam the Ram. <laughs> no, no, no! It's uh,
0: it's uh, it's the the other Tam. Um, but like, and she does all this oh, idol stuff. What's Tam the Rams? Does Tam the Ram still wrestle? Uh, I don't know actually. I haven't heard from him from ages. Like he was. We should, uh, we, should, we should we should we should Google him afterwards. Um. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, like uh, what I like about Tam is like she does all this idle stuff, but she's clearly like a massive weirdo. Um, like <laughs> outside and like what what I love is like two quotes because she does a little promo at the start, and these two quotes sum up her personality very well for me is we one just... of
1: them i'm going to try hard
0: oh the... everyone says that in joshi like everyone she, she does says it like a lot times. um <laughs> one of them is she says check it out this sign is big yeah she like loves the sign and then she says but then,
1: but then she realizes it's not actually life-size and she <laughs> oh, no, that's
0: the cardboard cutout she's so excited to have. A... To be fair you'd be excited if you had a cardboard cutout of yourself
1: Mate, i'd be so excited i'd never leave the house
0: the other quote uh, she says just after, check it out, this sign is big, is I'd like to record the name Tam Nicardo into the thousands of years of history in China. <laughs> um, my my favourite Tam story is, uh, I don't know if we've told this on the uh, podcast before, but uh, our friend Luke at Oyster's Earrings on Twitter. Um, Tam had done a match against uh, Viper, I think, and um, she'd done a roundhouse kick, which was... Uh, Tam's roundhouse kick can be a bit dodge, but like...
1: I was going to say that because in this match, I think it's on point and beautiful. Oh, it time. really is. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, sometimes oh, yeah. it's a bit dodgy, but other times she really I, hits it. On this occasion, I, she really hits really it. Impressed in this. Yeah, he'd seen a gif and uh, he'd captioned it: uh, "This kick made me cool like a wood pigeon." And Tam had <laughs> liked the tweet. And this was before we found out that Tam Nakano is the biggest vanity searcher in professional wrestling. <laughs> like, she'll even like. She
2: vanity searches herself. Like her name spelled incorrectly and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, she, yeah,
0: it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And well, uh, I basically
2: just
1: quit Twitter because Joe Kennedy won't reply to any of my tweets. So fucking, you know, <laughs> I, I should have tweeted her instead, shouldn't I? That's the author of the excellent Authentic Rats, not the senator.
0: No, indeed. We'd like to make that very. He responds
1: good. every time. DMs.
0: Which we need. What are you bringing? Can't talk now. I'm driving oh, off a oh, pier with uh, with this yeah, in the passenger seat. That's yeah, oh, the other joke, yeah. Kennedy. Um, so I like um, three of the same thing as last week. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh, so Luke. Had, uh, so our oh, Tam's liked my tweet, and this is before we found out she likes every tweet with a name in. So he was uh, like, "Oh, I wonder what I wonder what she's seeing um, on her on her end." So he he clicked translate and it instead of this kick made me coo like a wood pigeon. It came out as this kick made me wooden. Brilliant. <laughs> so that's our uh, that's our, which time gives the me a goes. handy
1: segue to talking to my theory about lots of weird Joshy fandom being basically an extension of Daddy, Dad, uh, Daddy and little girl. Um,
0: now, now you say that I think it's the opposite. I think everyone wants to be dommed.
1: Ah well, um, this is. Well, a, we, this is, this is a whole we can show in- we can
0: we can do this on our Patreon. Anyway, Tam's, uh Tam's opponent is um, Natsuko Tora or Pentatoit Junior, as I call her. That is the uh, best joke about uh, Judaic scripture you're ever going to hear. Um, she's a uh, <laughs> Natsuko is o- also it's my the only like, one I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> my my num- number one uh, age appropriate Joshi crush. Um, and uh, so oh, she's kind she? of yeah 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 no like I know no, I like. I respect her a wrestler as well, but also kind of, like, quite fancier. So she... How... how no, so you said she's age...
1: So oh, She's, she's like, she's like my age. She's, tw- she's 28. So she, she's 20... Because they now, both
0: look very young. That's 28. And um, she, she's only been wrestling a couple of years. And, I was going
1: to uh, say, because I've not seen much of her.
0: No, she's quite new. And she started as a sort of generic rookie with a sort of side ponytail and purple genie trousers. Gained a decent amount of weight and started, like, wrestling like a powerhouse. And, like... Uh, kicking a load of asses, got like quite a quite a decent push. He's also responsible for my favourite low-key Twitter thing um, that has happened, oh, which God. is. Wait, wait, the, are we talking low-key? No, or not the, the wrestler. Not wrestler? the wrestler. As in, like, underappreciated Twitter moment. I was going to say not tweeting a picture of nothing. Yeah, which not, maybe only a few people noticed. Which was it was the day of the infamous um, uh, Adult Babies takeover his off goodbye tweet from um, from uh, Neville Southall and. Rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and this was so. This was going around on Twitter. I logged on to Twitter at like eleven a.m. I was like, "Why is everyone talking about adult babies on my timeline? What's going on?" And it turned out it's because Neville Southall had had uh, give, was planning to give over his Twitter uh, to an uh, adult babies group, and then he decided against it. And then uh, Natsuko Tora posted a picture of herself with the caption "Baby bottle drink yum yum." Oh. <laughs> Like, a couple of hours after this had happened. I was like, mastermind behind the adult babies takeover reveal.
1: You do not understand the struggle of what it was like for someone that is openly into BDSM and fetish to be asked the same question online all day that day by everyone that I knew. Which was, so what's this adult babies thing about? Like... To which I have to say, funnily enough, it's not one of my fetishes. Uh, so I can't really huge <laughs> this may surprise you. About this. Um, you so... see that,
2: but I can see the pram in the background. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's just a symbol of a of <laughs> It's
0: very Biketian. I love this. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's uh, Natsuko tour and Tam Also, after this, because they did a couple of matches in China, and they came back to uh, Stardom, and they had a match, and it was like they went for each other before the bell and like it was just it's a really fantastic match and it's like they are really, really fucking good going for each I saw other. that cuz Luke like, posted it yeah yeah it's amazing but like yeah, it was, and it was, like was never to it was never established like why they were so uh they were so uh you know aggressive toward each other and i who thought cares? it was like it was like <laughs> you know i thought it was like you know you, you we've all been on holiday with someone for like a week who we thought we like got on with and <coughs> it turns out spending a week with them is just really fucking annoying and i think it's like i always feel like my I think I My head Is they've got on each other's nerves never in China?
1: George. <laughs> well, next year when we all go to Magaluf together,
0: yeah, uh, all go to Shagalluf. So, um, <laughs> and uh, as if like this whole thing couldn't be surreal enough, in the ring is Simon Inoki. Oh, boys, 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 boys! First
2: of all, I, d- I just want to say this isn't pen, telling, Mark. <laughs> and Mark.
0: Answer well, this: Can you be a well. son if you're adopted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've got a a laptop and a printer. The printer doesn't work. So um, Simon Inoki, for the uninitiated, is uh, Antonio Inoki's uh, adopted son, who uh, did a lot of sort of the business side of things in sort of early to mid 2000s New Japan and is reputedly somewhat incompetent. Um, And
1: also reputedly, perhaps maybe allegedly, um, quite friendly with some absolutely legitimate businessmen.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay, uh, well, is
1: I've, I've, this is a um, uh, this is something I've heard from various different um, places online. But um, um, well, it, it, I, I guess not like you know like heavily embedded, but in the sense that every single person that promotes sport in Japan
2: is probably yeah. <laughs> on any level,
1: or, is, is, or performance, you know,
3: is probably.
2: I mean, uh, Simon and okay. I mean, <laughs> it, it's like he's got all the booking wisdom of his dad, but without the Chen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if he at least had the chin, yeah. But he is adopted, like you know, that's the thing. I never, um, but that's the thing because um he's adopted because obviously Inoki has this history where he's, he's Japanese, but he lived in Brazil when he was younger. Yeah, and yeah. obviously he's got like ties all over the world from like his wrestling days and stuff. Like, where where is Simon from? Because he speaks um obvi- he speaks English as if it's his first language.
0: Yeah, I actually uh, have no idea. He's an English speaker, this... so I'm
1: presuming he must be from.
0: He's this—he's just this mystery man, like. I, I I genuinely have no idea. Like,
1: but then again, maybe maybe he just speaks really good English. He could just I don't know. Yeah, he might have gone to like a, just. I'm, I'm, when I, when I was listening to him speak, it because obviously I'm, I'm an English teacher, and it, it sort of it, all these things start going in my head when I hear someone speaking English as uh, um, you know pop, either a first language or, or they speak another one or as a second language. Um, and um, he had what sounded to me like um, uh, a lot of like American um, style pronunciation, American okay. English wow. style
2: pronunciation. I believe. Um, yeah, he. I believe he is. Is, is it not that he is a son-in-law? Because I'm sure he's married to Noki's daughter. Oh, he definitely
1: that sounds is. fluent in English. He yeah. sounds
0: like really really fluent he's sort of he's not I know he's not like Oki's biological son but like he's uh, right. so so he's involved in this so he's like the front um, the front man for so this is an Antonio a bit, that's the
2: best way to put it he is the front yeah he, he is, is the front, front man like <laughs> uh, every
0: he, he's the
1: front man that Munto Finance never
3: had <laughs>
0: Oh, that's the name I've been doing in a long time. So, uh. Saul hey, well, Sol, Sol Campbell just got his first job, so I was going back to some multiple Knotts it, County shit. Good, good for him. Um, so, uh, Tam comes out with her very Final Fantasy music, specifically Final Fantasy 13, actually. I'm quite sad she didn't bring her sword with her, because she does this, like, sword dance routine, usually. She used to be a dance instructor as well, so she's like. She's quite graceful, and but she comes out with a fan, people seem to like it. Um, so basically, they, they get into the match, and. Uh, you don't see like a lot of the first bit because for some reason I don't know why the cameraman's positioned himself right behind the turnbuckle, <laughs> so you can't really see anything. Um, Natsko does like she well she controls the um, the opening portion of the match like virtually uninterrupted. Like Tam doesn't get any moves in at all for the first few minutes. It's uh, sort of uh, stuff like <laughs> the toe stomp, which I absolutely fucking love, um, and like just basically kicking her in the face in the corner, scraping her face along the ropes, uh, which is uh, a spot that always disquiets me when I see it live. And uh, the crowd seemed uh, very sort of repulsed uh, by it. Um, And then getting into what we said about the crowd being less jaded, uh, Natsuko does a body slam, which they absolutely fucking love. And then so, so she does another. Um, and then uh, and then a big splash. Again, they go mad for that. And then she does the thumbs down to the crowd in a, a very unsubtle way, which kind of reminds you of, I guess she knows she's playing to a crowd which are going to enjoy, like, the sort of, um, I, I guess, the sort of crowd work and stuff like that more than, like, sort of hashtag work rate. And it kind of reminds me of when uh, Yuji Nagata wrestled Trent Seven uh, for Rev Pro and we got the debut of Butlin's Heel Nagata. Where like Trent oh, uh, would miss a move Nagata. and Nagata would just point and laugh at him, <laughs> um, so that was it was kind of fairly rote, but like it was it was all right. And then uh, Tam's first move of the match takes place like four or five minutes in, which is a super kick, and the crowd go absolutely mad for a comeback. And they've got those what do you call those rubber things they bash together? Like what are they Clackers, called?
1: Clackers, I think they're called. Yeah, because we used to get them when I used to go and see a uh, Manchester Giants play basketball when I was younger because they were trying to make it like an American style atmosphere so you'd get all these different you
0: know yeah uh, yeah so it's those and uh so tam strings some moves together like a handspring elbow which looks good uh and then the ace crusher from out of nowhere uh fisherman yeah. suplex and then uh this this bit really made me laugh there's an exchange of countered kicks and they're all doing the thing we talked about on uh, episode 16 where like you block a kick with your with your with your wrists and stuff so they do a load of that and then natsuko ends it by just <laughs> kneeing tam in the stomach I, I, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> I made a note of that. I, made, I said, after all I said last week about the brilliance of the um, hands up above the face defense of the kick, she just gets kneed right in the fucking... Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's so good. And then Tam does a, a rolling armbar, which, again, is what I said earlier about her introducing new things. That's quite a new move for her to be doing. And then this high kick to the head, which looks fucking like...
1: I know you mentioned, yeah, the dead, timing on it is superb, actually. Yeah, um, uh... I thought it was... Um, it doesn't have the same amount of impact, possibly just because he's a, he, you know, he, he is a, a martial artist um in his spare time. But it, it, in terms of the the timing, I thought it was as good as, good as like Tommy ends uh, not Tommy N Alistair Black's, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, kick. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I
2: know oh it, it was. fun. It was. She she hit the ball with the laces of her. Was, <laughs> she that one stayed hit. Oh, um, she's, yeah. just put, she's just
1: put her foot through it. She just. Yeah, put her foot through it. she has. Um, and, uh... But like, no, I, I thought this match. and like, people always like think I'm being really pretentious when I talk about this. But um, I often find it really easy to talk about matches that work on a certain formula like this in terms of acts, like like a simple three act play. Like, um, and first act, I thought was it was weird because I was still getting myself used to the situation where what it what it reminded me of where, where it was staged was. Um, have you ever seen any of those like National um, American Pro? What's it called? National Pro Wrestling Day shows,
3: in oh, yeah,
1: America, yeah. um, where it's often like uh, filmed in like because um, it's like WrestleMania weekend often, and it's like filmed in like you know what I like about WrestleMania weekend is that there's so many places booked now, that the whole area just becomes booked by wrestling shows, and you have to see people going for more incre- increasingly creative venues, and you'll often see like you know a place which is clearly like a dining hall of like a fairly decent hotel or, or whatever, or like um, uh, an admin like a room of a casino that's been cleared to have like these uh, matches in it. Um, and it reminded me of that. And also, every single person in the audience—not um, to reinforce the, uh, the Western view that uh, China is this like um, nefarious, um, evil um, communist regime that um, you know forces their population to do things against their will—every single person is wearing the same um, polo shirt that looks like they're working in a leisure centre in the early nineties. Was it like a school trip or something? Is this? Like, I is it's that either it's a about? school trip or everyone works for um, uh, Gordon Brittas?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have another theory about this. I'm That's a deep cut.
1: List. American listeners are going to be like, what? Like... Is that another footballer?
2: <laughs> the Holy British Empire. Oh. Um, <laughs> Charlemagne looked down with the pride. <laughs> Um I have, a, I have a conspiracy theory about this. I'm going to get my tinfoil hat on. I'm going to go all Alex Jones in for So, you know, I'm, I'm going to drop this. This show wasn't held in China. It was held in the Bangalore Hall in East Kilbride because that's what it fucking looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I was the Iraq going, War only happened there. on TV. I'm, I was sitting there going, I've been to this venue. I've been to This is Bangalore Hall in East Kilbride because it has the same leisure centre red curtains and the, the the wooden.
1: Funnily enough, I was, for the second uh, show in a row, let's give a shout out to the good people at Roxbourne, because <laughs> 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 it reminded me of when I went to the Dragon Gate show with the mysterious Gary. It, it, it
2: was. It looked like that. It does, it does. It looks at every single British leisure centre. So I love how the idea that, like, Gordon British has been able to get work afterwards <laughs> doing it as an architect for, like, Chinese leisure centres. Yeah, yeah,
1: he just had to, he had to move abroad to get his true, uh, you know, recognition, Um, you know.
2: Do you know the next next match on this card was the UK Undertaker versus a Big Red Machine? So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the Legend of Doom as special guest, Enforcer. So So uh, after the uh, after the high kick, there's a fairly sketchy looking spinebuster by Natsko. It's uh, Snowball Anderson, that's for sure. Then she does another body slam. Crowd love that. And then I like the psychology she does with the uh, with the splashes because she does a frog splash off the second rope, which hits. And then but she misses the top rope one. Uh Tam like just gets out of the way in time. Then they have an exchange of forearms after Natsko hits a backfist, which looked very gnarly. And then that, yeah. Tam hit the pigeon kick for uh, for a two count. <laughs> um, goes on top and uh Natsko like does this sort of I quite I quite like this where she sort of like instead of like chucking off the rope like every time Ric Flair went up, she sort of gets her in a fireman fireman's carry off the top rope and hits a Finley roll, which I uh Really like, and then she yeah. got the uh, top rope splash, but like there was just the last second uh, kick out from uh, from Tam, and then she does a sort of step up gamangiri, and it looks like she blasts Natsko right in the face, <laughs> like fucking hell.
1: We should point out, like like I was saying before about acts, like we're in Act Three now, and the crowd is hot as fuck. They like, really are. Yeah. they've so gone by from this. absolute amusement in the first part to really being into this. Oh yeah. Well,
2: I, I had a, I had an interesting feed about this where I thought that like. They wanted to make noise, but he doesn't know where to make noise. That yeah, is so it's true, yeah. Start where, where, like, I think it's Tam is clapping for them, you know, your general, your ropes, you know, buttlins clap, yeah, roll, yeah. Get, they get their face into it, and they don't don't go for it. But see, when, like, the last five five minutes of this, it's like, or last five, ten minutes, it's literally like Misawa in a triple crown match kicking out at 2.9. Yeah, and then you know here, you hear that, oh, and you hear that all the feet stomping, the clapping, and it kind of dies down after like a minute, but it didn't die down for a minute, it was for like 10 minutes of just Misawa 2.9 near fall Yeah, there did, was uh, reaction. Was there was great. this
0: sort of like low level sort of buzz of chatter, like all through the match, but like there, yeah, they were really, they were like really getting into it by the end, especially like the uh, Natsuko gets the kick out, Tam wins fairly uh comfortably in the end she does this like uh jumping knee strike off the top rope and then uh i guess a Bisaiku knee is the is the finish like natsuko's kneeling down but she, it's not a shining wizard it's like a Bisaiku knee and that's like yeah, that's what yeah, uh gets the three like so uh, a fairly yeah fairly fairly decisive win natsuko won got a win back brother on the uh on the next uh on the next show but um yeah it, it is like it's like we were saying about um oh fuck what was the yeah, episode twelve when we talked about uh, Jaguar Yakota versus Lioness Asuka, and it was like Jag's in control, now Asuka's in control, and then it uh, it goes sort of more uh, more like back and forth at the end. And this match kind of uh, followed that template, and it's a good template. And this crowd, who yeah, like you said, maybe they they don't know where to make noise, but like they really followed like this quite simple story. And I think it was a a really. It's not. I don't think it's the best match these two have had. But I think it was effective for this audience and for this show.
1: Hmm. Well, for for me as someone that, um, as I say, has has seen probably four matches um, between these people, two each maybe, three of one, one of each. I can't even remember. I've not seen much of them. Like I know who they are, (laughs) and that's (laughs) that's more or less as much as I've got. Other than a couple of very short matches. Um, And at first, I was a little bit. You know, I'm the kind of person that um, I know I talk about this with the mysterious Gary whenever we talk about wrestling. Um, sometimes the um, the venue can add to the atmosphere and sometimes it can detract from it. And I think what's remarkable about this, because this is these people are people that haven't really seen wrestling before, as what we presume, is that we see that in real time here, but in the other way around. So we see them not being that into it at first, or at least just being unsure, like you say, David, of where to make noise of where to not. Um, and then gradually, because of, um, you know, the, the the work that they do and because things do pick up, especially when Tam begins to make the comeback in the second part, um, it actually gets to the point where I, I find myself finding the atmosphere change and my enjoyment of the match changing as it goes. Because as you guys both know, I'm someone that atmosphere in a match is really important to me. Like um, it would be very difficult for me. I mean, there are matches that I love where the crowd is dead, but I will never love them as much as my all time favorite matches because they all involve that that in interaction between the crowd and, and, and the wrestlers that you just don't get. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's going back to that uh, Regal finley match from Uncender ninety six where yeah like it's an amazing, incredible match. And by the end, to be fair, they get into it. But like the first ten minutes nobody cares. It's like they're actually beating the fuck out of each other. But
1: if, but if the audience reaction for that is hotter and better, that goes into my top ten matches of all time. That's the, yeah that's the difference. Like, you know, and it's and it's kind of annoying because I am someone that Um, You know, I take the piss out of work rate marks, but I do really value work rate and I do think it's really important. Um, And it won't change how, yeah, it it won't stop me from thinking a match is brilliant, but it will stop it from going into the top, very top, Mm. greatest of all time bracket, you know. Um, But but I thought this was a really good match, actually. Yeah, um, I'm considering,
0: actually, that I think the rest of the card will have been sort of, IGF alum, alumni and hangers on. This was almost certainly the best match on the show. <laughs> um, yeah. at, at the end of it, Natsuko sort of blows Tam off, uh, which is something she often does. She's kind of she's not really a heel, but she certainly like doesn't take losing well and has a bit of an edge to her. Tam gets presented with a trophy and a giant stuffed panda head. I,
2: I really wanted this panda. It was a yin and yang panda. It, it was, was. It's an, really amazing. cool.
0: Like, where did you get him? And Tam is Tam is famous for loving pandas. She has this like. She has this uh, sort of stuffed doll called p that she sometimes takes around with she was a panda. It's a really creepy-looking little fucker. It looks like Bobo from uh, that episode of The Simpsons, if he was a panda. And and then, and then she does Look a little... Look at me,
2: it's Bobo. Hug me, squeeze me, Tug my fur.
0: <laughs> and then she uh, does a little promo at the end, and she says... Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, picked it up, but she says thank you in Chinese at the end. All right, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Yep, there goes. uh, So that was uh, volume one of Terry Riley's personal collection. In contact with him after the um after the uh farrago with the first video and said right terry okay i didn't want a wrestling match like like i wanted porn okay you know you know a bit, bit of a grumble flick and uh, grumble ter- terry said to me yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah i know I think that's a visism, but uh, so Terry said to me, oh, no, sorry, that sorry, I've got a great video for you. Do you mind a bit of man-on-man? Uh, man? And I go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not, yeah, 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 hit me up, he said. Well,
1: you're open-minded young metrosexual man about the world, George. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's
2: 2018. You don't care for a bit of... It's fine. I know, we're, we live in a world of espresso, coffee and Wi-Fi. Why wouldn't we care? <laughs> it's, it's true, yeah. So. Well, I've
0: got a great video for you. It's got these uh, six really buff young men uh, all all uh, wrestling about with each other. And I, I think you can see where we're going by now. We are reviewing Seema... Okay, women in love. <laughs> we are reviewing Seema, Gao Jar Jar, and Wuliji Muren versus Shingo Takagi, Desmond Xavier, and Zachary Wentz from Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, 2nd of February, 2018. Bro. Yes, um uh oriental wrestling entertainment um bit of a dodgy name but it is owned by east asian people so i'm not going to get all over with saeed about it just yet um Probably for the best. so um th- my my understanding is that it's uh it's attack shelf <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is, is is the uh it's a sort of offshoot of dragon gate and i, I think i yeah.
2: would you say offshoot I don't think leaving a company and just fucking off and killing their business is making an offshoot. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, that's probably a, uh, a a splinter movement, shall we say? Then
2: Noah, yeah. the offshoot
0: of all that. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, the satellite.
1: <laughs> just to keep in keeping with the eternal underlying themes of this podcast, we prefer to call it a splinter movement.
0: Yes, um, yes. So the yeah, so yeah, O W E. Yes, more of a, a splinter group than a than an offshoot of uh, Dragon Gate. So, um, uh, Seema is the uh, the head trainer. Over there, and he's uh, he's got a faction called Strong Hearts, which uh, includes uh, T Hawk and uh, a tag team called the Rascals. There's been Xavier and Zachary Wentz who are in uh, in this match.
1: And uh, they're probably my favourite faction that sound like they could have released an early 2000s, slightly mainstream but still rather underground hardcore record. <laughs> oh my god!
2: <laughs> a- t Hawk sounds like um, stuff that you would use to get rid of scratches in your car,
1: <laughs> like Swarfega.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: A T Hawk and
0: a Shamulan, are you with So, uh, so they they've been sort of uh, making the rounds of a fair few promotions. Actually, I think they have rocked up in uh, Wrestle One, um, but uh, their their main thing at the moment seems to be um, I say it seems to be. I don't know if we really haven't run very many shows yet. I think it's only um, two or three. But uh, what Simu yeah, is doing is training nice. a lot of uh, Chinese talent, and you'll see a couple of them in this match, and like many more of them in some sort of. Um, well, well, we'll get to what they're doing. So, Cena, um, uh, I think we we is a fairly well known uh, quantity amongst uh, wrestling fans, uh, being like yeah. the ace of Dragon That's Gate. A for of yeah, are, yeah, yeah.
1: You? An absolute stalwart. A lot of people actually desc- um, a few years ago would describe him as the John Cena of um of Dragon Gate, um, which I actually think is a pretty good description. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Works um, a totally different style, but in terms of importance to the company and sort of having been there for a long period of time and always being steadfast. He's pretty much, that's a good description.
2: And and I think he's most famous for our listeners for uh, wrestling Ernest Miller and Nitro once. Of course.
0: Fucking hell. Of course he is. Over the great Muta Clean in uh, 2000, so he, he wrestled all the power of talent. Quite, quite, yeah. And, and, you know, why shouldn't he? One of the finest workers of our time, Ernest <laughs> the Cat Miller, Eric Bischoff's kids karate teacher. I, I,
1: used to always get, um, <laughs> I used to always get Ernest the Cat Miller and Norman Smiley confused. Um, yeah. Like, um, and then it was only like when I, I later sort of went back to watch a lot of footage that I'd watched in the late '90s when I was younger. Um, I, in my head, they just they blended into like the same gimmick. And then when I started watching it, I was like how this happened because they don't really look particularly alike and they're, like, they're kind of very different wrestlers I and mean, then my mind was completely blown when someone basically told me like you know that um that Norman Smiley like that bloke used to work in UWF. he's got some pretty good
0: uh, he was a champion in, in uh, CMLL I think as uh, as uh yeah, Black yeah, Magic. Was, yeah like, um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah uh Seema also probably probably my favorite Have you ever seen that video of him like eating a really small pineapple no, I'm not, but I want it. <laughs> it's, it's just him breaking open this pineapple and saying, and saying, very juicy, very sweet.
1: <laughs> I, I've, I've met Shima.
0: Oh, was to... oh, this back in Broxburn again?
1: It was back in Broxburn, at, at the leisure centre in Broxburn. No security guards, fantastic. You can as much food <laughs> as you want and have a joint outside, wonderful news.
0: Yeah, you hear uh, that, down left, Pro?
1: Yeah, he was. He was actually pretty. Uh, he, he didn't speak like a lot of English, but like he was, he was very friendly and like. Was, like
0: I'm, I'm, I'm afraid power. once he's exhausted his pineapple-based vocab, uh, there really wasn't a it. lot more to go on.
1: I mean, he he understood me saying, "Can I have a photo?" <laughs> like, So you
2: know. I think. I, uh, I, and th- he was able to say twenty quid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: he was able to say, "Oh yeah, five pound, fifteen with the belt." Uh. <laughs>
0: Very specific, like, I wonder if there's like if anyone's written a phrase book and just if so, what would be in it? Uh, This match is also a uh, uh, quite an interesting time capsule because Shingo, uh, also late of Dragon Gate, is now rocked up in uh, New Japan's uh, always exciting and definitely not creatively bankrupt uh, junior heavyweight division.
1: Oh, hang on, right, I'm really behind on this. Last time I saw Shingo, he was working in old Japan in the um, hey, Tommy's uh, carnival. Yeah, no, no, he's uh, he's in uh, New
0: what's Japan time? now. I saw, yeah, uh,
1: I actually watched a really good match he had with um, Shin. Who is it? The, the, what's he called? Shinya Ishikawa. Shinya Shikawa. The big dog. Called Shinji Ishikawa, which is the other Ishikawa. Yes,
2: the,
0: one, the bigger one. Yeah, um, and uh, he's in uh, Los was... Ingobernables, I think. Um, now oh, and uh,
2: yeah, he's he's replacing uh, Hiroshi for the moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Show
1: you how much New Japan I'm watching at the moment. I've got no idea yeah. what's going. to happen. Daniel,
0: Daniel, you, you know, are watching the uh, right amount of New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be much. fun when we review Vessel Kingdom, isn't it?
1: It sounds like just me saying this for the sake of saying it, but I'm, it's, I mean it. I am just waiting for Bullet Club and the Elite to go, and I will watch it again. Uh, well, they've left ROH. You're
0: going to be watching that. Yeah, they've
1: left ROH. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm fair. delighted about that. Actually, I actually, I'm genuinely delighted about that because um, I actually, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm for all my sins, I actually don't mind ROH.
0: Our o- o- issues with the Elite are uh, well documented, um, so uh, we'll, we'll leave part of that there. Uh, Shingo. um
2: oh. All the way wrestling, Kenny Major's is going to wrestle the statue of Michael Jackson outside. <laughs> <for them. laughs> Funded by the Cannes. <laughs>
0: oh, and uh, so Shingo is teaming with uh, the Rascals, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. I saw them on a show this year, actually, and I was I was, I was sort of a bit lukewarm on them. I, I Desmond Xavier, I really like, Zachary Wentz I hadn't seen much of, but they were uh, tagging with uh, Mako Satamura against uh, oh, Travis Banks and Aussie. Matt just as at uh, Fight Club Pro back, back in uh, April, and uh, was well, he open Dahlia and no, no, that um, South
1: Pacific power trip. Oh,
0: you've confused Australia with New Zealand, man. Then. <laughs> gonna <laughs> get yeah, pelters well, no it's uh, Mark Davis and Carl Fletcher so it's basically a host and a little flippy band which is a classic oh, okay, combo they're, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're really good, um, good uh, so yeah these uh, guys tagging with Mako I was like who are these scrubs daring to breathe the same air as, uh, as, our, as our queen but um, yeah. they endeared themselves to me by A though they, they were really really good in that match and B they were clearly so so stoked to tag with Mako yeah you can
1: imagine
0: yeah, also Zachary Wentz, you know, you can really pinpoint when he thought of his ring name. And it's probably yeah, around
2: 2006. Is, I, I yeah, and this is the thing that I, that I, I hate Zachary Wentz, and I have oh, not really any, uh, you know, merited background as to why I hate him, apart from the fact that it does make me think of when I used to go to Cat House and started when I became an over 18, and all the under 18s were into Follow Boy, and I was just like, these people are pricks, they're young. I hate millennials. <laughs> and it just kind of, have a have an inbuilt bias against all of those sort of scene bands from around about that time. So when I seen him, I was like, nope, not for me. And his gear's stupid as well. <laughs> um, okay, good. Yeah. He's- <laughs>
0: He's <laughs> um, the um see if he... he's a cunt and uh, it
2: bodes well for the room it doesn't it one
0: star emo well, so the, the, the so the, there's two sort of weird things even before the match starts firstly there's a um there's this really emotional video uh showing the entire roster training while this chinese language version of amazing grace plays and like there's it's actual phenomenal. tears I,
2: I, I was so confused and, and uh, you know spedited at the same time I was like I don't know why but I'm really really emotional right now it, it, yeah it was
1: unexpected because when it first started I was like oh well it, fair enough this is clearly a Chinese version of Amazing Grace that's unusual but I was like well it's gonna get like Bombastic or turn into like a stereotypical Puro kind of theme. There's going to be big keyboards and like guitar solos yeah. in a minute, and it's going to have like, like, pic- like footage of them in matches, like winning them with like you know roaring elbows, and then like celebrating, like you know, with like this real kind 18, of
2: 18, like, 19 year old ghettos are going to come yeah. out and do a choreographed dance, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: and it just it, it genuinely is like it, it it's a bit <laughs> like watching, um, like, um, a a a a sort of a a package on like a reality TV show where someone starts talking about um you know well actually I've never I've never spoken uh, about this to anyone before but uh, about seven years ago um you know me and my uh, mum were driving and we were in a car crash
0: and like it just it was, like, <laughs> people crying I
1: was just like what
0: because this was like this was the main event of uh, I think their debut show so and I think all these all these lads have been like. Trained from, I think they were trained from scratch. Like they, they always have athletic backgrounds. But she has been cha- tra- training running. all these guys, and now it's like, okay, you're here on your on your debut show, like just drinking the moment. <laughs> it was really, really lovely. It was, uh, it was nice. Um, the, yeah, other, it was. the other strange thing is this: uh, this um, the match is clipped, but um, not in the way.
2: No, no, no. That, that, that you're 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 kind of underestimating it. It is not clipped. Because I would, I would deem an acceptable form of clipping where maybe they'll cut out a bit of fluff. Maybe it'll be five minutes in the middle, or if there was an ad break or something, they'll cut out. No, this was that was not that was not cut. This was absolutely just like put through a sh- a, a shredding machine, <laughs> and whatever fragments came out at the end were hastily glued together in the editing suite and then just shoved on. Oh, that, that's, that's done, lads. I think they might
1: have hired the um, the person that did the. Um... The inexplicable cutting and the camera, um, camera and um, post-production work on that um, that Thuton match with the shikara. Uh, <laughs>
2: yes, you know, yes a the Canadian one. No. Um, I mean,
0: I, I've I've just got written down. It's like that that bit in Garth Marenghi's dark place where uh, the the episode uh, comes in eight minutes, uh, eight minutes below uh, what they wanted. Like everything without dialogue was considered for slow motion. <laughs> 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 um, um, oh, but by the way, little aside: uh, some of Chikara's shows they've announced for next year are named after episodes of Gotham. Dark place. My crack and Bushy mad cunt. Um, the the third weird thing about the presentation is that um, the the commentators are starting chance. It,
2: it's honestly, it is literally fucking S.W.A. at the Motherwell Civic. Yes. It's fucking American Super Slammer. I can't hear you, Shanghai. I said, are you ready?
1: (laughs) And they sort of go, we think
0: so.
2: (laughs) It reminds me, if I've ever ever told a story about when I went to a show as a kid, the first ever show I went to, where there was a doink.
0: Oh, God, it wasn't the racist Alabama doink, was
4: it?
2: (laughs) There was a, uh, a UK dunk. <laughs> and there was against some poor guy.
1: UK dunk sounds like a really good bass genre of music. Put p- p- a little I doink like on to it. I'm the club and listen to
2: <laughs> UK doink. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting on a UK doink club night. Um, and he went out and he brawled to the, the floor. I went, come on, kids, I need you to help me. Now, I don't know if he liaised this spot with the guy beforehand, but basically what happened is that every kid under the age of about 15 turned up and shot on this guy with full-on rage. Like 30 kids just absolutely nailing this guy with as many fucking shoot left hands and right hands as he could. Me included. I was like, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. That's right. What's I'm good for the shoot? goose is good blah, 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 for the game, blah, 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 blah. David. I did my finest Shane McMahon. This man getting the fuck beaten out of him by like 30 yeah. kids.
0: Or, or it's like there's a there's like your local like your local indie where there's like one guy who's like covered from head to toe in like merch of that promotion like always the one starting chance. he's clearly just a member of the crew who is like a paid hype man
2: yeah two foam fingers
0: yeah referee john anderson um,
2: I think was, there was the Amazing Grace was it that guy crying because he'd won the halftime raffle? <laughs> <laughs> he'd won a Remus studio mask and a DVD of Judgment Day two thousand and seven.
0: <laughs> it's a good Judgment Day, don't knock it. So um, yeah, because like the the bit with the chance, because um, like when Seema first gets tagged in, the commentators are immediately just go Seema, Seema. Yeah,
1: it's like it's, being it's on that. Commentators have absolutely no pretense of being impartial or like uh, kind of like interlocutors for like. um you know, information on what's actually ha- happening. They're just like, "Yeah, she
2: was in, come on, son." It's like when you watch um, if your football club has a streaming service and they're oh, streaming a game, yeah. and like they have the yeah. they really really biased commentators, yeah. Rangers and Celtic TV, and say, so "What's the goalie doing, Sheba? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, referee says, "I, he's got to go." <laughs>
3: Got
0: to go. <laughs> it's, it's very early in the match that um like you find out like what the way this is going to go because um uh so really Willie who I think was the sort of least far along of the two Chinese guys in this match he didn't really do a lot to uh stand out though I did like um he did uh, an Arse attack. This isn't like a hip attack, like the um, way it wasn't that. It was
1: like a Koshinaka-Aska vibe. It was like an yeah. actual arse attack. Yeah, it it it, it yeah, is yeah, like it
0: he is puts his awesome. whole backside. It's kind of like you know some people do the the uh, the Bronco Buster sort of like X Pack or Martina does it, and they're sort oh, of like bu- <laughs> book of ruin. <laughs> a, and uh,
1: and aside, I promise I'll be quick. But on that subject, did anyone see the other week? Um, like I've stopped using Twitter, but I've still got an account to to look at people that do, and I saw um. Um, I saw um, uh, Sean Waltman, uh, who's a worker we all have great respect for. Fine, fine worker. Um he had posted, um, you know what the problem is with modern wrestling, or something like this. You know what the problem is with modern wrestling? It's all these unrealistic-looking moves that people do. That's the problem. And then literally every replant underneath was just gifts of the Bronco.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the thing about like him and Martina doing the sort of like, yeah, ride him, cowboy. And then there's uh, Sumire Natsu in uh, Stardom, who just like continually thrusting her vagina in her opponent's face.
1: I know, which one I,
2: I know which one I'd know which i rather die.
0: Well, well, indeed. So, I mean, an ex could probably just, like, bust his arsehole all over you as well. Oh,
2: no. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, Lord. Like a dying
0: star. a <laughs> black hole falling. So, so um, Wulijimo w- w- <laughs> does the arse attack and then Gao Jar Jar does a f- 450 off the guy's back. No
2: psychology. No psychology at all. No, the, th- the
0: thing, the thing is, we've, we've got a mate, um, uh, Adam, who's a, who's a, a wrestler, in scotland i remember we were posting about this promotion on our facebook group and you know we've talked before about um countries where they haven't really seen much live wrestling so they go mad for like quite basic moves uh, we talked yeah. about this earlier in the episode um adam was like why would you like start a promotion in a country where the people haven't seen much live wrestling and will probably pop for like pretty much any move and teach them this style yeah <laughs> it's like you're not even giving them time to get jaded by basic wrestling before you like have to like up the ante to all the mad flippy shit. Yeah. You're just starting with the mad flippy shit.
1: There's no connection tissue here. There's n- there's nothing to elevate it. There's no like oh we'll just mess around with a few hammerlocks first and test the waters. It's like right it's fucking four fifties back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just all the hammerlocks
0: got cut out. <laughs>
1: that's true. Yeah, the first hour of this match is actually like Billy Robinson versus Nick Bock. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gutted because yeah. that's the match I wanted to see. The, the-
2: yeah, this, this is a four and a half hours. I think like a Hackenschmidt versus Gotch in <laughs> a carnival tent yeah,
1: like in Budapest. There's actually, a, there's actually a run-in by Farmer Burns at
0: one point. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing our, our, our man Gal does is after a suicide dive by Seema, uh, Gal does a plancher to the outside which somehow manages not to be caught by any of the five men, despite the fact he lands right in the middle of them. I thought, I, I, was, I was watching that. and I was
1: like... This is, do you reckon, this is just one of those things where it, it's either there's been a bit of miscommunication, and they've and, and they've all thought, right, well, we're all stood here now, we'll we'll have to just like not catch him but just like all stand close together and hope that the combined mass of us like helps to, to cushion it. Or I was thinking, maybe they thought he was going to do something else. Like maybe he was just a bit like, all oh, right, I'm, okay, so I'm going to do an Moon moonsault. And they were all like, oh, sweet. And then he just got the things mixed up and they were like, oh, what the fuck? The, the, the,
0: other, the other thing the other thing that mad cunt does is like, um, Woo does a body slam to to uh, Shingo uh, just after Shingo does a sliding D. Again, like just, just no psychology at all. And then Gao does a springboard. He jumps into the ring. Like over the ropes. Yeah. Like from the floor, jumps, jumps into the ring and just does a stomp. Like
2: the old Senkada trampoline making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the thing is, apparently, I think this guy did legit used to be a Shaolin monk. There was like someone on the roster who used to be a Shaolin monk, and I think it's him.
1: Ah, uh, okay. okay. It, w-
2: it would it would make sense. It would make sense.
0: Yeah. There's some good stuff by the rascals from uh, from there like some uh, some kind of nice double teams. See if as a sort of a moonsault kick, I guess you would uh, describe it. And then there's a two- Yeah. It, was like, it looks like Willy Jamone was a bit late to uh, breaking it up, which is one of those things where, like, you've probably not worked a match in front of a live crowd before. And, like, there's quite a complicated layout uh, as well. Like, I don't know how much of this was called on the fly. Presumably, like, not much of it, like, I guess.
1: Well, I guess it was... I don't know if it would have been, like... Uh, I'm, I'm never sure about this, because I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm not sure to what extent... Like matches really in the old school sense anywhere in the world now are called on the fly, really. Yeah, especially like, um, multi-mans. Yeah, yeah, I get the feeling that especially with something like this, they were. I'm not saying that it would have been like, you know, Savage style, every single step of the way of every single act of the match mapped out, but I reckon there was probably a, they probably, I reckon, consulted the veterans who probably thought, right, how on earth do we get something approaching a a, a, a match or narrative out of this, and they, they and try. T- t-
2: to be fair, um, I mean, if you're wanting somebody earlier, a mad, mad, batshit, multi-man match, I'm sure some of the guys, some Oman yeah. and Dragon Gate, would be pretty damn. Yeah, if, I, good if I'm figuring because... out how to do
1: that kind of match, I'm probably getting yeah. in touch with Shima and the boys first. But, you know, um, ah. I
2: know, I know. Daniel's favorite wrestlers in the world, Young <laughs> They are. Uh, they they are very meticulous with they. I think is it, is it Matt or Nick? I can't remember which one it is, but he he lays it all out in advance and tells him you do this, you do that. Do, 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 they both occupy like the same the place,
1: place in purgatory. They both look the same, It doesn't matter what they fucking give the name names.
0: Are. I, I I quite like it if the guy who uh, the guy who finances Owe had like had this vision for like this really like map based shoot shoot style promotion, but he didn't know anything about wrestling. He's like, I just want it to be like the amateur wrestling. Oh, and and his business <laughs> partner's like, I know these Japanese lads; they'll uh, they'll train you wrestlers for you, and then like this is what this is the result. Like, um, the, uh, the, the, the finish is. Uh, g- Apologies, we got to the finish very quick, but there really wasn't wasn't much to get your teeth into. Um, uh, um, our uh, our sort of uh, emo lord uh, Zachary Wentz gets taken out, and then uh, Gal Jar, Jar gets, gets the three with poorly, in fairness, the best six thirty splash I've ever seen in my life. Like the form on this was yeah, ridiculous. It
1: was really good. <laughs>
0: like if if you like um if you like literally just flips if that is all that pops you about wrestling and nothing else. I would recommend this match because that is basically all you get. Yeah.
2: there is a market for this. Where there is some times where you're just like, right, I want to watch a mental eight-man lucha cage match where everyone dives all over the place, and it's just, it just I don't know what's going on, and kind of just let it wash over me. Yeah. Or you know, you know, like some daft, you know. TNA X Division, you know, nine men flipping at the same time on each Yeah,
1: I quite like watching these kind of matches when I'm like, um, um, like just about to like go to bed, sort of thing. And I don't mean like to because they're boring. Quite the opposite, but you don't really have to work very hard with your brain to sort of work yeah. like, onto the narrative or psychology. You just let it happen, <laughs>
2: you know. It is, it is very Cirque du Soleil, and that you just kind of you're kind of watching it for. No, you're not really that. Again, there's not really much psychology to kind of tail along with, but you're kind of watching it and just seeing all these daft stunts, and you're just like, yeah. So I, I, I watched
1: the Maro Maro documentary of the other day, so now whenever I hear someone say Cirque du Soleil, I have to Cirque
2: du Soleil. Uh, <laughs> this did bring up but I now have a new dream match that I'd like to have. Yeah. Uh, was it was it Zhao Gaga's the guy or Gag Zhao Zhao? Zhao Zhao. Uh, so uh, I want him against Loki. <laughs> yes.
3: Yes, please.
2: Of course, I would love to see Loki against a Shaolin monk. I think that would be absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I feel I, I, I'd,
1: wor- I'd worry about the the, uh, the the Shaolin monk's health after that, to be honest.
2: Thing. I think the Shaolin, ki- the Shaolin monk would kick him in the fucking stones and then cave his what? Head and I, I,
1: on, on the contrary, I actually think that the majority of Shaolin monk stuff is, is just uh, tourist trap. Oh, absolutely, that. yes. I, yes. I
2: but isn't that, <laughs> isn't that just Loki?
0: What, what I want is for that match to be booked, but the finish to be like Gal just shoots on Loki and then he gets carried out like a little baby by a massive security guard like he did that one time in CZW. I, I just
2: want Lauki to take on um, do you remember the old woman from Kung Fu Hustle? Yes, with the uh, fag in yes. her mouth. Yes, the fag in her mouth. And she's that. got
1: um, like a, 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 a hair up in a uh, yeah, yeah, she could
0: be the GM at this point. Yeah, yeah so I, I can see what they're going for with this because if you come and you've never seen wrestling in your life, you might be wowed by a sort of mad shit martial arts extravaganza um, like this. And if if you don't necessarily know the nuances of like match psychology, then and like you, you want something the sort of wows you immediately with the athleticism. And so I guess this does provide that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah definitely, and like. I know it, it probably sounds weird from our, our, our jaded white western eyes, but, I mean, look at it this way. Um, if you look at, for example, the British wrestling, you know, was developed from Lancashire Catch. Yep. German re- oh, sorry, German-French wrestling, they have their own catch style, and they're developed mm. from that. Japanese wrestling, you've got lots of judo elements and stuff like that in there, and, you know, lots of weird martial arts stuff that you can see that clearly permeates through. It's only logic. Like there, there seems to be a thing that when wrestling starts in a country, they kind of develop it from the the, the martial art of it. It always kind of extrapolates. It's not like I mean, Russia, for example. The the Russian guys that we love are all sambo training. Yeah. and it's yeah. it's like you know they they came from that sambo background and worked in their pro wrestling context. So it makes all the sense in the world that you know if you are you know if your country has a, a culture of Shaolin monks and stuff like that. That that would pair me into your pro wrestling, yeah. was happening yeah. everywhere else.
1: Well, yeah. I th- I think there's a really like um there's a there's a fine line between this stuff because like um sometimes I watch stuff like that and you know it's easy for us to say I think like as as westerners like um oh god well that's just so stereotypical why are they put in like you know um kind of um wushu style like you know ma- ma- martial arts stuff and things like that um but like you know another example of this would be in the in the May Young Classic um am I pronouncing this correctly Li, is that pronounced correct? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, who hey, is my um, absolute bae by the way, um and um I, oh, she's I great. have an enormous um, crush on. Um but um yeah um but her match um where was she up she was up against someone else from China? Uh
0: Karen Q it was. Is she also from China or is she from Korea? She's American born but of of Chinese descent, I right, think. Okay. And
1: they had this match which, you know, um basically ends up with all these like sort of crouching tiger hidden dragon spots just without the um you know, without the wires. Um, And loads of people the next day on Twitter were kind of like, oh, this is just Orientalists and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, but I mean, firstly, like, I'm sure they didn't, like, put a gun to their head and and force them to do it. And secondly, like, I actually don't really think there's anything wrong with emphasising that if the performer is is happy. Like, it's not like a, it's not as. it's like...
2: Have them kick out of a tiger, tiger driver ninety one at two point nine, and then fucking drop each other in their heads at like Every other fucking. <laughs>
0: yeah. I I thought that match fucking ruled. It was it. one of my favourite ones, really ones at the fun. tournament. I
1: thought it was like um you know the 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 definition of one of these like comic book uh, comic book panels come to life in in wrestling. I thought it was yeah. really funny. It was the kind of wrestling match you have with your two little action figures when you're younger and you, you know with, with toys. Um, I just thought it was really fun. Um, so I think it's like it's a fine line to tread between um between stuff. Yeah. that can come off as a bit naff. Um, and gimmicky and then stuff which just draws upon the heritage of the people um, that are involved like, you know um, yeah
0: no I, I, I agree with you the um, I, I do I'm quite interested in seeing a bit more of Jolly because like the production values are, are, are pretty high oh. on this
2: it's very really reminiscent of do you remember Ring King
0: Ring is the best fucking King wrestling King. show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's sure it's a, It also was re- reminiscent to me of um a um of, of the, the 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 sort of audience seating plans and arrangements. It was remi- rem- reminiscent to me of nothing less than the lakeside. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we should probably we should probably <laughs> yeah we should probably mention to viewers for um who are in parts of the world where the great sport of darts does not penetrate public <laughs> consciousness, perhaps as much as it. Does Daniel. Do.
2: Uh, what is three times sixty? One hundred eighty.
0: Yes. Um. No. I. I. I like the. Uh... Um, the production value is great. There's uh, there's a big hug with all the Chinese wrestlers at the end of the show. There's some very interesting looking gimmicks. There's like a, a glittery varsity jacket, and I think a guy dressed as a Roman centurion for some reason. He's about to do an open letter to Chinese wrestling. We got
1: the, the 2018 version of uh, Mike Rotunda uh, matched with the um, sadly never used uh, gimmick that they were they, they were going to give Ric Flair. What was it? Gonna call him Spartacus? Spartacus. Spartacus. Yes. Yeah.
3: Spartacus. yeah.
1: And they wanted him to get a gold earring. <laughs>
0: Could you you imagine at at the end of that film?
4: Have we a count of prisoners? We haven't made the final count, sir. I bring a message from your master, Marcus Licinius Crassus, commander of Italy by command of His Most Merciful Excellency. Your lives are to be spared. Slaves you were, and slaves you remain. But the terrible penalty of crucifixion has been set aside on the single condition that you identify the body or the living person of the slave called Spartacus. I'm a Rolex, wearing, diamond ring, wearing, kiss-stealing, woo, wheeling-dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down,
1: woo! I am behind on my child payments, woo! I am going in for a
4: serious operation, woo! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, uh, the
0: other thing I like at the end is like an incredibly gaudy title belt descends from the rafters like the dove from above mm. um, it made the uh, the IW, the IGF uh, two and a half million yen belt look positively restrained by comparison
3: uh,
1: <laughs> as we back it down the lovely dove from above um, it did look just like that
4: cool.
1: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, honestly with darts reason of the references sorry to everyone that listens to us on PWO because
2: <laughs> none of you must understand anything we talk
0: about. <laughs> and yet they keep crawling back. So, um. Through the supplicant's cat flap. So, anything more to say about this before uh, before we move on?
2: It, it's mad shit. I, like, I mean, if somebody said to me, you can have Shaolin Monks flipping about with a Butlins announcer, you know, halftime <laughs> raffle, uh, uh, you know, the, the title comes down like the dirt from above, I'd be like, this is the greatest shouting of all time. Six and a half stars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I don't mean to sound like a tape trader um, who hasn't left his mum's basement in twelve years, but the clipping killed it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I I know what you mean. But I mean, like you so say, like
2: we watched that uh, that Rush Black Teddy match. Hmm. Uh, it was two and a half minutes, and it was like, clipped to shreds. But it was like, they got everything in. And it was like, yeah, like it worked. I think I, I, I think it's uh,
1: about capturing the essence of the match, isn't it? And sometimes yeah. clipping does that, and, and sometimes it doesn't. And it's um...
0: well, I, I guess the sort of mad jump cuts, like the sort of uh, the time skips from *Future Armor*, kind of did capture the essence of the match in this very sort of ADHD-like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. zero psychology. Oh, some guys doing a move now, another. I do so i guess in the sense it did aesthetically fit with it yeah. <laughs> but i wouldn't say it was a good match particularly but i certainly enjoyed watching it yeah, it's
2: yeah. very reminiscent of like a john woo sequence or something like you know where you've got people just going. Ja, yeah, da, da. yeah. And,
0: people... and, and as soon as as soon as Gao jar, jar like learns how to like put a match together he's probably going to be the greatest wrestler of all time <laughs> <laughs> so
1: like you heard it here first He's probably already been signed by WWE.
0: But he has weren't he has weren't no actually.
1: Uh, then their next signings are just me, some bloke that works in the burrito van over the road, um, and some bloke that Triple H met on a cruise. <laughs> We've signed everyone else. Oh, Chris Jericho as well. <laughs> Meanwhile, Greedo just sits at home waiting
0: by <laughs> wait the Um, so our final uh, section in this we're actually finally going to do a Christmas related uh, section now and it's uh, a little thing we didn't do it last year but it's an invention of mine called uh, Perfect Puro Christmas so it's kind of a bit like a QA, and a but sort of designated questions so what we're going to do is we're going to each present our vision for a perfect Christmas day involving people from Japanese wrestling like uh, Past and Present so um the first question I would like to ask is uh, the guests. So which three people are you having round for Christmas? In this situation, it's assumed you'll either have a translator to hand, though you must feed him, or the babel Fish from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. So um, I'd, I'd like to offer a few suggestions um, first. I'll do mine three, and then we'll see what you guys have got. Um, so, so I've tried to come up with names who I think would sort of... I mean, I've, I've not necessarily based it on people I would like to meet, because there's a huge list of that, but what I've done is based it on people I think really fit with the essence of what Christmas Day is. So, uh, the first one I've selected is Junakiyama, and my reasoning is, yes, every... Yeah, well, actually, I wasn't even thinking of that, strangely. Uh, Yeah, he is Mr. Christmas, as we uh, said last year, but my logic is, all right, every Christmas Day needs an uncle. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, and who would you rather have? Would you rather have your Uncle Nigel, who's on his third unsuccessful attempt to become president of the local Rotary Club, and doesn't agree with Tommy Robinson, but thinks his concerns should be given a fair hearing because they represent the legitimate views of millions of hard-working Britons, or would you rather have All Japan president and puro legend Uncle Jun Akiyama? Yeah,
1: I know which
2: one I'd
0: choose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh... <Nigel>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first one. Um, my second you pick is
2: boy plastic bag of presents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my uh, second pick is uh, Chris Wolfe. Um, oh. not just because I've met her on numerous occasions and she's always been really lovely, but what I would uh, like is um for just for the day. And again, I'm not saying like she has to do this, but I think it would be fun. Oh, it's for her is to.
2: So sinister.
0: No, it's nothing weird. It's nothing weird. It's for her to rename herself Chris Husky. Um, just to fit in with the uh, the festive spirit I you and said spend Chris the day husky. doing. No, no. And I was like, George,
2: "This is for Boxing Day, uh, Daniel." Yeah.
0: No, uh, Chris, Chris Husky, and for her to spend the day doing Husky things instead of all things like uh, And I say doing Husky things. The only thing I thing I can think of is pulling a sled around. I'm sure I'll think of some more between now and Christmas Day itself.
2: Very good. I mean, we we all have our own kinks, George. But I mean, get wanting Chris Wolf to pull you around in a silly is pretty <laughs> top tier. Yeah.
0: yeah. Da- Daniel, is is uh is a uh, husky play a, a a category you can pick on FetLife in your experience?
1: Well, that's probably got um. There's there's, there's probably there's probably furry websites that cater to that. FetLife.
0: Oh yeah, that's furiness, true actually.
1: Furryness is kind of a separate kink realm.
2: When you say husky play for me, it sounds like number. hello <laughs> <laughs> you know that sort of husky
0: voice uh, yeah. we're getting back to ASMR again as we did with uh, episode 17 aren't we oh. um, or husky play just Bray Wyatt t- turns up and cuts a shit promo <laughs> so that's my second and my third one is uh, Maki Ito and uh, firstly this is because like she's, uh, she's very good value on Twitter but uh, secondly you know after all of the of the festivities have happened you always want someone who is going to fuck everything up that's just true. by being an absolute mess. And considering that's basically Makayito's gimmick, I think she'd be a very good fit for that. So those are my three people, if anyway. Anyone's,
1: if anyone's seen the the excellent independent American film that came out a few years ago, uh, Krisha, it's called. Um, there's, a, there's an unforgettable scene <laughs> in which... Um, this, the the, the, uh, the recovering alcoholic main character who's um, um kind of this um this um this old, older woman is, is going back to try and have her first Christmas sober and not disappoint anyone um and she has um a kind of um uh, she falls off the wagon and she ends up um uh, um um sort of um, volunteering to um to carry out from the oven the, the turkey for the big Christmas dinner and there's this um, Hitchcock esque um, scene in which she's uh, sort of it, it's it's um it, it's overlaid with classical music. Um, and it's just slow mo, uh, and you can just inevitably see the moment when she's about to drop the turkey all over the fucking floor and mess up the entire thing, and have this booze-addled argument with all these people. This is upset ten years ago; which it's never been spoken about since. Uh, and that just reminded me of what might happen in that cool. sort of understand. Bit bleak, Daniel. Chris,
2: this episode keep the tone of light. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's a great film. It's a
1: great
0: film, Chris. Yeah, so, um, so what about uh, what about you two? Who would be your uh, your dinner guests?
1: Um, well, I've. I've got uh, well, I've, I've got three here that I think could um, could enliven the proceedings. Uh, I'll be all honest; right. they're all kind of um, quite obvious names. Um, I I'll, I'll try to think of more obscure things, but um, I, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't come up with anything that would be as interesting for them to do, other than just I like them, so they be in me house and we'll have a chat.
0: <laughs> so um,
2: <laughs> okay, I've, uh, okay. Changed it around. willing to hear. So um, that sounds like My perfect Christmas. Yeah, to be
1: honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So uh, first up, um, it's not only because he's my favourite Japanese restaurant of all time, and in my opinion, the best. It would be um, uh, Kawada himself, okay, Toshiaki Kawada. Um, oh, nice. Um, firstly, just because if there's there's very few people in in wrestling, um, that I, well, especially Japanese wrestling, that I'd rather be able to sit down with and actually have um, an in-depth chat about their career with. Um, secondly, on a more practical level, this might seem a bit mean or mean-spirited to some people, but um, you know, um, I I'd sort of want people that could come round that could put in a bit of elbow grease and help me out with the dinner. Now, um, I've heard uh, on the uh, the rumor mill. The, um, the the noodle bar Uma Mill, which I frequent very often, um, but um, Kawada's noodle bar in 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 Japan is um is rubbish. Like, I've heard, <laughs> that it's like really shit. Like like the food's like really bog standard and like just just really poor. It's the kind of place that I think Ramsey would eighty six in a heartbeat. So um, <laughs> I, I, I decided to invite Kawada over, just because I'd say to him. You know, um how about you provide something t- traditional from, from your country, uh uh today. Not KFC, we've got that already. Um some kind of um, um noodle based dish perhaps. And just see what even what he knocks <laughs> up. See if the if the problems in his restaurant really are his fault or if they're more deep seated and structural.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is it is definitely like Ramsey, you know, you'll have that one where you'll get the you know, the share the the sort of the 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 minion chef yeah get him to cook like a a salad or something just just let your imagination go wild and he always tanks yeah head he's smoking 40 a day yeah Uh, um you know hasn't had intimate contact in about 20 years
1: bob 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 has lost his passion for cooking john is
0: young and hungry (laughs) if we get a Ramsey program called nightmares no costa then like i think that would be it
2: incredible Yes. No. Um, yeah. Toshiaki has lost his passion, uh, but y- 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 young chef Taichi um is rearing to go.
0: <laughs> on- <laughs> well, that was actually going to be a question I was going to ask later, but like, I guess we may as well talk about like um, uh, who's cooking dinner because I had an idea.
3: Oh, um, you okay, cool, Yeah, I'll, I'll need to think about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I I have an no idea about who. So you you're you getting Kawada well, to do he's uh, do he's Christmas help out dinner. With one of the
1: dishes. I'm not going to have him ruining the whole fucking thing. Oh, okay, I,
2: I would, okay. I would, say, I would say, before the sake a balance, um, I did look up Kawada's noodle bar on TripAdvisor. <laughs> uh, just to see what it was uh, have I been lied to is it actually good the uh, last one great ramen five stars um, is there any one
1: star employees. employees from discru- uh, reviews from disgruntled em- um, former employees
0: who have taken you are glass door for that mate
2: uh, sadly not yeah. um, no, there's actually no there's um, there's a three star four star here's one uh, four and a half stars not in Tokyo Dome um, and <laughs>
0: No, not, not as good as the ramen I had on the 3rd of June, 1994.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's been all downhill for ramen ever since that day. I can tell you that much. My, um, I like, ramen, um, I like my, my ramen with ear cartilage in it.
2: Yes, he said four five-star reviews, uh, two four-star reviews, and one three-star review. Well, and One okay. English language review. Let's see what English language review is. Oh,
0: yes, please. <laughs>
2: A small welcome ramen restaurant run by former professional wrestling legend Toshiaki Kawada. I had the curry ramen with duck and it was excellent. Mr. Kawada was even nice enough to sign autographs and pose for pictures after serving all of his lunch customers. Well, now uh, I feel bad. Now I feel like
1: I've unnecessarily a demands reputation.
0: Well, to be fair, seven reviews is not a big statistical sample. No, yeah,
2: and also, also we, the
1: kind of people that leave reviews on the internet are fucking weird.
2: Uh, well, the, I mean, this—I know the people who criticise, you know, these sort of things. You know, actually take time to like, you know, record podcasts and stuff like criticising stuff. It's you know, it, it's really sad. Yeah, it's I, sad I, you know, at least,
1: if you're gonna do it, at least go the whole hog. Don't just be like five stars.
2: I like the noodles. Uh, you know, I—I'm mean? <laughs> tempted to write a review and just do, like not enough work. Create on the ramen or anything like that.
0: I five stars. I like the noodles is the equivalent of like Melter's reviews of like no in all Japan these days. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would have, uh, yeah, for my, I would get, um, so my my, uh, cook for uh, Christmas dinner would be uh, Borna Carno. Good choice. Because um, she, uh, she has published a recipe book. So we know that she can cook and basically if you decided actually I want to be all healthy this Christmas it was like it was a healthy eating recipe book so you could do that. On the other hand if you're like I just want to be a big fat bastard on Christmas day then as we know like Borna like rather like large weight gain at like various points in her life for like her career um, like she'd probably know how to uh, cook a meal like that as well. She,
2: she'd know a way around carbs definitely definitely. Mm.
0: The thing is, I would have Satoshi Kojima as my sous-chef, but only through the bread sauce.
2: <laughs> of course, of course, yes, yeah. very good. Topsy. Um So, I mean, I, I had a bit of a struggle with this because I thought... Um, the, the, the key issue was, it was pure wrestlers. Mm. So everyone I thought of... Like, the first one immediately was Grado, a check cage match. He's not had um, a match in Japan. If you shot one, me. If <laughs> one match and, like, wrestle one or something, I'd have put him in, but sadly not. And then I was like, well, I need someone from Cote Bridge, because, of course, as we know, every year I go to the Bakers in Cote Bridge to get my sausage rolls. So I-, I googled wrestlers from Cote Bridge. Um, so apparently BT Gun's turning up at my Christmas party. Because um, <laughs> he was the only one I could find. Uh, he's not wrestled in... Um, He's not wrestled Japan either, so you know he's kind of you know even when you have like a guy who like they have their own family and they'll maybe come around for like no half an hour and say hi and give you a present, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. BT Gun up uh, there. So my my free. This guy also runs a bar. Toriano. Yeah. I oh I yes,
4: absolutely. Picked, I nearly
1: picked Toriano for
2: several reasons. I am the absolute patter at a Christmas party. Um, oh he he would it wouldn't even be able to. You know you, you know how you you put on a party and guys always will cancel. It the last time I got. Oh man, I've got something on. Toriano, he can't turn around and go. Oh man, I've been really banged up from the G one. I can't make it today. Like no, you haven't. You've done fuck all work in your, like your entire life. You've taken four bumps this year. Get get down here. So he's not likely to cancel on you. He's good, patter, He's very, very funny, um, and he knows how to do drinks because obviously he runs his bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I propose um, we'll have a spin-off episode for when I eventually go to Japan, where it'll just be me and my wife reviewing like Kawada's Noodle Bar and <coughs> Roberta Steakhouse and Yano's Bar, and just giving them all like four and a half stars because I'm not. And but the the Konuken Hall one because of course that is within the Tokyo Dome, the the cafe and the have to be and in Korakuen <laughs> <And>, Hall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So other one, um, I kind of thought about me personally as in like a wrestler who seems shares a lot of philosophies, or you know, generally it's very like-minded like myself. But I thought, well, he, he would he would probably cook because as you know, I am very fussy. So um, I get Zack Sabre Junior in. Oh,
1: nice.
2: So he's a fussy bastard because yeah, he's vegan. He's vegan. Um,
1: yeah. I think he's he's, he's cook- quite into cooking, isn't he? He doesn't he post. Recipes
3: occasionally.
2: I mean, I'm sure he knows his way around a microwave. You yeah. can stick in some spaghetti <laughs> for me And it's not I'm not I'm not inconveniencing him by you know going you're like my aunt is vegetarian And she cooks a full dinner for people and she does it he clearly you know because other people eat it I'm not gonna do that to Zach. Zach's a good guy. You know, we both are really into weird music Yeah we like okay. like Politics and, a little, and like Stuart Lee references stuff. I think he'd be a great guy to have at a party Yeah, uh, yeah he would and, yeah, so he would be my cook. So that's one of them. And then I've got two other names. Of course, I'd have Juson Lager because yes, of course, <laughs> yes, of Jushin course Jushin Liger, you would. Yeah. I, have you seen the picture of him with the the tracksuit on, coming back with a blue bag of cans? <laughs> <So> like he <laughs> went to the shop nearby. It's like, and he's got like a blue carrier bag and he's having <laughs> a tracksuit. Full mask. Uh, so yeah, I'd have those. And then of course I was at like, well, you know, common interest and things like that. So, my um, thought is, there any? You also invited Russ Abbott. Like, <laughs> habit, yeah. Oh, what an atmosphere! <laughs> yeah. No, no, him. Uh, and I, is there any wrestlers who are um, Jags fans? Uh, okay, no. I don't there's, there's got to be any. some ICW
1: workers that support. Well,
2: I mean, wrestling. Mark Dallas is a Jags fan. I mean, he says dark Jags fan. I've never seen him once but uh, but anyway, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a Jags fan. And then I was like, I, I need a Party pistol fan, of course. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, why is Hiroshi Tanahashi a Party Is, is, is fan? this
1: connected to the um, the? The Emperor, yeah, you know no,
2: the, the, the,
3: yeah.
1: the Emperor Tojo, just, was when, it? The
2: Emperor Hirohito? No, Hurohito. Well, of course, when he was going to WWE, he was going to get the gimmick off Hirohito so that every time he came to Glasgow, Pistol would want a cup. fight. Ah, yes. So, <laughs> yes. So term, yeah. Tanahashi Liger, yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. in the kitchen as well as uh, Toriano. That ah, very
0: cool. good, very good. Well, Daniel, what do you, what are your uh, your other two guests? Uh,
1: yeah, I w- I, w- I was I was just going to um I was just going to um uh throw in uh, another little <laughs> little mini film suggestion there. And for those of you who are more interested in Japanese entries. Um do check out uh, the uh, the uh, the Sun uh, by Alexander Sukharov uh, which not, is fantastic. Not that Sun. Uh, no, not not, not not the bad sun. <laughs> not the bad son. Very good film. Anyway, um yeah, yeah. so I've also got um a couple of others. Now, I did choose, I, I was thinking practicality, because you guys know, I am nothing if not an arch pragmatist, um a man that likes to lay his cards out on the table and a man that likes to um have options. So I thought, what happens if? i'm, I'm a man that um you know, um, we'll soon be living um, um alone again. Um, uh, I may um not have much cutlery in the house. I might not have um, enough plates, enough enough bowls, things like that. because other to people to in, to bring them themselves. I thought, why not? Why not just for what what a couple of hours? I'll just put Antonio Inoki, and then any any, any extra space we need for uh, for food, for the, maybe to, to to stand the gravy somewhere, so it's within reach. We can just get him to jut out his chin, and we can use it as, <laughs> as, 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 as a work surface.
2: Every time you look at Antonio Inoki, oh, yes, it's an extender. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also for the for now, my family isn't one of these families that um all of a sudden I think this is I don't know if it, what what, what who sort of does this but my family doesn't for some reason and um, that all of a sudden kind of after you open your presents after you've started um having a drink and watched a bit of tv all of a sudden you you all stand up and go into another room to play games i don't understand that don't like the games thing um but if we did want to do that we could instead of having to play monopoly or some, one of these other monotonous things that goes on forever and everyone gets bored and, and pissed and falls asleep. Um, you know that um, that amusing game when you um, you turn yourself upside down and you draw a, a an art two eyes and a mouth, two eyes and a nose on your, the bottom of your chin. and You turn your head upside down and, and you talk like that, so it looks like a big head. The Big Mouth. Um, I thought Inoki would be very good at that. But no, um, I decided that we'd, um, we'd, we'd scrap that all together. And actually, not, not in a similar fashion to what you were talking about, about the phenomenon of shit racist uncles turning up at, um, at parties <laughs> in the UK, which is almost attrition in itself. Um, I would actually book um, Wing Kanemura, um for this. A uh, bit of a curveball. Uh, now, only because I was thinking if one of the shit fail uncles turns up. And if they do start talking about their intense support for the backbone of this country, um, Tommy Robinson, um, then I could just set Wing Kanamura on them. Because so if you've ever seen the famous Wing Kanamura versus Kevin Sullivan bloodbath, um, that's essentially the fantasy that plays out in my head every time a racist uncle speaks. And I'll, I, I, I'll tell you for nothing, um, I am Wing Kanamura in that scenario. Um, so I thought just to be extra violent um, about it, we could, uh, we could do that. Yeah, so much for the tolerant left. people loves violence. Um, and, um, <laughs> after that, uh, the third person I thought I would invite would be quite simple. I would invite Kota Ribushi, because as I said, not one for games, not one for um, um, these kind of uh, forced frivolities, but get a few fucking apple sour shots in Kota Ribushi. He'll be letting off fireworks out of his arse on top of your shed within three minutes. Right, so <laughs> I think that's that's pretty much um, my, 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 three, my, my three.
0: Yes, we can do pyrotechnics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Good.
0: <laughs> the only thing I can say in the South African accent. <laughs> oh, sorry,
1: I've got to, I've got to tell this story. The last time I had any prolonged um, um, interaction with a South African person was when I was about, um, uh, I think, um, uh, nineteen, twenty. And um, this this bloke turned up to you know when you just you have parties when you, you're a student and every fucker turns up and you don't have any door policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this guy and ent- came in and he had this a thick um South African. He was a white uh, white. Ah, power. Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a thick white South African accent, like Afrikaans accent. Um, and uh, the last thing I remember is being stoned out of my mind and drunk as fuck, in, backed into a corner by him, trying to feign interest. Um, as he as he as he delivered this line to me. Have you ever have you ever gone skydiving by forty thousand feet and listened to any on the way down?
4: Um,
1: and I was like no no I haven't it's easy its read it sounded sound, fucking sound, sound, sound terrible um, and he also got kicked out for being a sex pledge later anyway so um, there you go that's, <laughs> just, that's just a summation in metaphor of the fate uh, of the uh, white South Africans in general <laughs> was, was,
0: he, was, was he invited to sail away from the party
1: <laughs> he, he was actually forcibly removed I think um, quite, quite possibly by, by me but I don't I don't remember the I don't remember it but
3: yeah
2: I mean, spitting image roll, right? I've never met a nice South African and t- to this day that streak continues. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so uh, the last question I wanted to ask is, um, so you you, and your uh, your new friends, you've had round for Christmas uh, dinner. So what, what are you doing uh, after dinner? We've mentioned the fireworks, but like, I'm just thinking in terms of music and film, because I've got a hot take, all right? Uh, brace yourself. Saying that... Fairy Tale of New York is your favorite Christmas song. Is not the edgy countercultural opinion you think it is. not isn't,
1: isn't everyone's favorite <laughs> Christmas song? No, I, I don't like it. Oh, well, but but isn't it like the default that everyone goes to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose that's what you're saying, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's a 6394 Christmas song, to accept that. <laughs> I like uh, it. I really <laughs> like
3: that song.
0: Um, yeah so uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about films and like what uh, what Christmas films um, I'd uh, I'd like to watch um I really like uh, I really like um uh, Arthur Christmas like um, which came out um, a few years ago Peter
2: uh, uh, who does that, yeah. i Partridge and Day to Day and all that. Oh really? So, hey, Colin Popshed on the gay desk, that's Peter Bainham. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. oh and um, uh, Stuart Lee, does a voice in it.
2: Yes, well that's why, because it's Peter Bainham. I can't
0: remember him like doing any sort of voiceover work or appearing in any films at all, but like he's in this.
2: I would recommend uh, the Richard Hedding podcast of Peter Benham where they chatted about After Christmas. It is hilarious. It's hilarious, uh, Peter Bainham going through the uh, the making of this film and about how it was just very weird and that yeah, uh, 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 so I would definitely recommend it.
1: George, you'll love
0: it. <laughs> uh, the best Christmas film is Batman Returns, by the way. Uh, oh, the best film actually, it's a Wonderful Life, but that's obvious.
2: Uh...
0: Well, seven, seven. S- 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 I once had a um, uh, New Year where, like, neither of us particularly liked New Year, and uh, one time we just decided, you know, what we're gonna do. We're just gonna up like to, go go to your bedroom. And- no, no, just like go up to your bedroom and watch Batman Returns and see in the New Year. With that. It was fucking great. Yeah, I, love- I love Batman Returns. It was a great film. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so 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 basically, the question is 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 what form of entertainment outside of my um, rectum based um, pyrotechnics that Ibushi will be, <laughs> yes,
3: yes, yes. do? Yes yes
1: yes. Well, my entertainment at Christmas with my family generally just sort of devolves into sitting about moaning about what's on television. Um, so I don't think this this would be massively uh, dissimilar. But I'd probably get the three of them together: Kawada, Winkanamura, and Amura, and Ibushi, um, and kind of force them into working as some kind of a community theatre troupe. Um, perhaps, um,
2: <laughs> Are you going to get enough to recreate the uh, Bring Me Sunshine sketch from Morecambe and Wise in the kitchen? Ve-
1: you know what? I was thinking about that. I was genuinely thinking about that. Uh, but I thought it would probably turn into um, something that would be more akin to the uh, community theatre group Legs Kimbo* from the League of Gentlemen. Um, you know, what about AIDS? Um, and, uh, and various things like that. So, uh, yeah, I thought maybe I'd force them to be a community theatre troupe. And in Spain, where I am um, at the moment, until I, until I uh, come home, um, um, in, in a, well, in, in, in just under a week's time, um, here, they don't, there's, there's a big traditional kind of um, tension. Um, people that celebrate Father Christmas or Papa Noel, as they, they call him here, um, um, are considered to be anti traditionalists. It's the three kings that you celebrate in um, in Spain. It's not um, not 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 Santa Claus. So maybe um, in not a... like
2: Spanish people to worship kings.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but you know, I thought maybe what they could do is get them together, make them into a little, little community theatre troupe, and they can do a present like a, a, a nativity. Uh, uh, presentation as the three kings.
0: The the, the the best nativity I ever went to, actually, because like I went to I went to Sarah's church for uh, nativity when we were doing long distance, and basically hey, it was you like bad, George, you're
1: allowed back in now
0: after the incident. <laughs> actually, I do know a person who's banned from the Southampton University uh, Christian Union because he walked out of one of their functions after saying, and I quote, "You're all a bunch of cunts." Brilliant. <laughs>
3: Brilliant.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, I went to the nativity, and uh, firstly, there's a kid who. Um, uh, always insist on wearing his reindeer onesie. Reindeer being, of course, native to the, the Middle East and yep. uh, Judea. And also, there was a one of the shepherds was just basically pretending his shepherd's crook was a Tommy gun and just firing into the crowd like him out of the KLF at the bridge. Jesus, was it was it, was it was it was it Sam or Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very good reference <laughs> to do with that. Um, so, yeah, community, community theatre, I think that's uh, I think that's uh, quite a good idea. Also, like, do you ever think, like, I don't know if every kid, like, there was a hierarchy of the Three Kings... Like, because everyone wanted to be the king that was the one who gave the gold, because, like, kids know what gold is. And the other two presents are basically, like, you buy it at the BP garage um, just before uh, just before oh, coming no, around. I've been underground all my life. I I I <laughs> even know. It's like, do you, can you imagine just buying this shit at the last minute? It's like, have you got the new uh, the new Optimus Prime toy? The one with all the uh, LEDs in it? You have it? All oh, right, just the frankincense then, mate. <laughs> even
2: better than that, I've got some frankincense. <laughs> so uh, the only three kings that I uh, recognize are Burger, Diamond, and Crimson. So,
1: yeah, correct. Oh! correct, correct, Although, although I would, I would go, I would go. Oh God, how would I rank those? Probably Burger King, probably Burger Crimson, and then Diamond. But it's very yeah, close. I, I do like all those kings.
0: The, the on. only kings, uh, the only kings I recognize are uh, uh, Booker, oh, uh, Harley Race, and Curtis Ikea. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sullivan, my
0: son. <laughs> Shut up, Uncle Eric. Uh, I've got a friend who's actually uh, who was having a conversation with a mate basically about how like how racist the WWE is and like thinking about all the gimmicks they gave Charles Wright, like uh Papa Shango, um The Godfather and Carl Mustafa. And uh, my my mate's friend just went, Yeah, but they did make Booker Tier King. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh where david what about yourself what would you and the lads be uh getting up to
2: well um let's see it's a bit tough because i was going to suggest my my usual rote um thing would be to get trivial pursuit france 1988* edition out no. um, what, what
0: wait what what that exists
2: i have it in the in the oh, back bedroom wow. i was going to pull it out
0: fucking hell and you didn't think to tell me like those four days i spent at yours in september
2: well, yeah, well, will absolutely have to bring it. It's sit in the back of a cover, but I will get it. I used to get in the scale every year, so I was thinking we will play a bit of travel pursuit for, for uh, France 98 edition. No one will score any points because I don't think I don't think Zack Saber Junior likes football. Um, I don't even think if he supports Sheppey United, he really should. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, maybe doing that. And then I thought, well, hold on, I I know what I'd do. I'd get uh, i get the lads in. Uh, there's there's a, there's a knock at the door, and there's three lads in. Is Zeus the bodyguard in Katsuya Kitamura, mm. and then we are <laughs> in the tradition that I have every year at Christmas when I go to my family's and that I ignore them and watch the World's Strongest Man marathon for oh, five yeah. hours.
0: Oh yes please that'd yeah, be I
1: brilliant. That. We, we, we we have a pal who recently um uh, took part in a in a strongman
0: competition well strong person competition really because I
2: think I mm, think it's still she did, yeah. not? Uh, still I'm not, not sure good, yeah I guess
1: it's uh, th- 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 probably yeah I'd probably just still call it strongman I,
0: I I call it strongman but then I've I've, I've I'm currently infuriating Sarah because she's got me the um, the new Spider-Man game for the PS4 as an early Christmas present and I I continually call him Spider-Man yeah.
3: Spider-Man Superman <laughs>
0: Like the Um, the ombudsman. Yes, indeed. Ombudsman would be an amazingly shit superhero. (laughs) Alan Moore, get him to do it. It'd be good. Um, So, okay, uh, well... As far as the Perfect Pearl Christmas uh, goes, I think we've really um, put some ideas out there. Um, so to everyone I say this, thank you very much for um, spending at least part of the festive period uh, in our company. We've enjoyed uh, having you in our uh, in our Mind Palace, and uh, we're, we're sure you've en- enjoyed having us as well in every thank sense. Thank you very much, um, everyone.
1: If you are to listen to this, for God's sake, get out of your bedroom and go and talk to your family. They'll be dead soon.
0: Thank uh, <laughs> What I would uh, like to say before we uh, before we depart is check out prowrestlingonly.com to explore other podcasts along with match reviews, features and retrospectives, reviews of wrestling books, video games and matches, playlists, wrestler appearances in non-wrestling TV shows and movies and more. You can also join the conversation by signing up at the PwO forums. We've been online for over a decade and with over 2000 registered members and an archive of over 4 million threads, ooh, our message board is a vibrant community all its own. Whether you want to talk about a specific match in our match discussion archive, take a deep dive in the microscope form or discuss more general topics from wrestling's past and present. Check out all of this and more at prowrestlingonly.com um, And uh, I, I know I, I didn't... Uh, it's, it's quite good, actually. Episode 17, like, I did that and completely fucked it up, but then we lost the ending. So, like, David re-recorded it and, like, actually said all the words correctly, which is uh, something I generally tend to struggle at, especially after I've, uh, I've, I've had a few. So nailed
1: um, that harder than Chris Partlow from The Wire would nail some wood to a disused... Um um, um, um housing schemes door to hide a body
0: that is a wonderfully specific reference and as a big fan of uh, of the wire i applaud you for it so um before we leave um also uh you can uh check out our sign cloud at uh soundcloud.com <laughs> forward yeah, slash the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Burr podcast. That's what I mean. Um, we've got a Facebook page don't go on it there's no content apart from and like no, when a shopping bro, trolley being just, pushed by tanashi though that is don't, worth don't it alone.
3: Just don't do it just don't bother no <laughs> one bother.
0: Don't, <laughs> do don't do it. No I need people to like realise how shit we are uh, uh, we shitter at Facebook than Yanan who just shares Britain First memes the whole time. Yeah, uh, mean it. Uh, and uh, add, uh, Twitter as well at Per Podcast that's where we do the vast majority of our uh, promotion uh, talking points and shit posts. Um, and uh, guys, uh, anything you would like to plug? Just the usual
1: from me. Um, yeah, um, I'm I'm only using uh, Twitter to stalk people now. Um, if you want to send me um, a direct, that sounded a bit odd. I didn't mean like stalk actual human beings. That for nefarious reasons, just like lurk, lurking with what I meant. Um, yes Um, so I will not probably respond or post anything ever again on it but you can send me a direct message if you want for any reason um um, someone did that a few weeks ago again to ask me about a match i recommended on the show that's fine I'm at the ultimate poo but I'm not active um outside of that you can buy my music at handlinglament.bandcamp.com that'd be really helpful over Christmas because I need some fucking money thank you (laughs)
2: um yeah, and uh, yeah, I uh, also make music, uh, fastwork.bandcamp.com, uh, Abdullah Kobayashi is the Japanese wrestling one, there's a tons of other ones, you can probably guess which ones are mine, um, they're the ones with Google Images as the album covers, and um, yeah, to do that, um, if anybody is about on the 29th of December oh, and fancy's yeah. coming to the festival game. That's, yeah, you come, we should mention this,
1: this is, this is a, a sincere um an invitation. Um, like um some of us um um who are the members of the um, I mean the I mean the double Foot Stomp silly Collective
0: that originated on uh, this like, the website by the way yeah. on tentablefootsomebody.com yeah. I've got that continue yeah
1: um we are going to hit up the uh, the party thistle match on the 29th of December um um if you've well, cause we're, uh, several of us are going to be in Glasgow um it will be followed by um a, a sesh um in um, in, in a public house I imagine yes, so,
2: yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, all my, my festival fans have arranged a sesh in the in the Woody that we run before. Um, yeah, there, yeah. So they were like, uh, watch your firm game, then go to the Fistle game, then come back for the Heart Subs game and just get mangled. That's oh, great. Yeah, so,
1: um, yeah, we'll, so we'll be there if you fancy um, um, meeting us up, and um, and if you have if you have more money than me, then then buy me some
2: pints. Yeah. And um genuinely Jushin von der Lager, I am talking to you. Right. You you should you well, Yushin Lager and Jushin Lager, sorry. You you should come. Like I I'm too I'm too socially thingy to uh, ask you, so yeah you should come. Just yeah, DM us. Also,
1: why have I only just thought of this? I really, really, really need to do a gimmick which is called Jushin Lager.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: our that's our that's our yeah. number one fan on Twitter, that's like he absolutely fucking that's loves it. For, um,
1: what genuinely?
2: Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's oh. why I'm asking him out. No, I thought you meant, I thought you said Jushin Liger. Yeah, I said Jushin Liger and fucked it up and then said Jushin oh, Liger. Oh, right, right.
0: That's the thing with the puns can be a tricky mistress. <laughs> they can,
2: they can.
1: Uh, respect monogamy and don't get tricky. Um.
0: I would like to plug uh, my novel, The Rise and Fall of Ricardozan, as ever. Um, tentatively, might well be out in February. Um, I'm really, um, I'm really getting towards the end of it. Although I've also started doing a Stardom-based tabletop RPG, which is uh, uh, sort of That's using up thing. time that would otherwise have been yeah. used for writing. Yeah, yeah, I know, completely normal thing to be uh, to be doing. So we'll see. But anyway, I'd like to pl- uh, plug those things. And um, in conclusion, I would just like to say, rather more uh, soberly um, than I did last year, um, Merry Christmas from uh, all three of us, and God bless us everyone. Yep. Yeah.
1: And now put you now back in your pants
2: Before we go on, I just want to say, George, you send like a fucking war correspondent via video link in the it is a bit a bit yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. It's basically any time you move, it's like... maybe So you just say stand perfectly still for the next four hours and not move. Okay, I can do that.
0: <laughs> okay, how's that now?
2: That's a bit better, yeah, yeah.
0: Alright, cool. I think it was because I had the recording volume uh, turned up a bit.
2: Because you're a fucking idiot, that's fine.
0: Oh, um, good, good, right. good, to know. Okay, good. Okay, so. um, now gets gets
2: across. Shoot
4: my car. It's our penalty kick. Penalty kick. And they're off. He's got to go. He's got to walk. He's got to get to fuck as He's a red card. Commentator's eye. Get in there. Calus Crill, Player of the year. Now he's a dick. Get in
2: there, Celtic! What a shot! Knacker again is in quiet old second half, but shoots! And that is a fucking sending half cheating hunt bastard, if you ever saw one.
0: If in doubt, cheat your way out. That is Rangers' philosophy. Look at this. You bastard. Get too far. Yeah, uh, <laughs> George
2: is, is frozen with his knowing uh, side eye. Uh, it's quite beautiful. I
1: mean, very much like the uh, the generation that gave their lives in the first world war, he's frozen forever in time. <laughs> wow. No respect. No puppy. No I'm respect. pressing
2: F, I'm pressing F for respect right
0: now. <laughs> yeah. one
2: like one Smash that like button. Uh, did you did you see that Twitter uh, that Twitter post that it was like a man phoning the babe station, what are you waiting? She's like, I'm waiting just a phone. He says, Just a phone, yeah. Where's your fucking poppy? You not
0: Oh, that is
1: have you seen that um, that Twitter account that the guy set up it was like poppy respect 2018 of just all the ridiculous ways in which poppies have been used oh yeah and the best one was um as doing a pizza that as did a pizza that was um, a pepper uh, pepperonis in the shape of a poppy on, yeah on like one of their pizzas. Respect,
2: yeah. respect, respect, respect. Yeah, the, the cookie monster on the one show with the poppy, <laughs> just the, the title. <laughs> Me remember fallen. Yes.
0: That's very <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, hang on, I'm... Uh, I'm... That's Yoda. Oh. <laughs> hang on, I'm coming back. Oh, here we go. Okay.